The following podcast is recommended for mature audiences only. The following podcast is recommended for adults only. Maturity is not a requirement. and welcome to episode 18 of Dear Download, a podcast where we get to share our most intimate and treasured memories of Download Festival. We'll talk about each year, the bands we saw, the bands we missed and everything else that happened across the weekend. Also, we'll touch upon any news, other festivals and the music industry past, present and future. This episode, uh, I interviewed a couple of people that offered to come on um, a few weeks back, Samantha and Andy. They do musical theatre more than anything else really they, they don't really have a band name but the name they sort of go go with for most things they do is just just samantha it'll make a lot more sense when you get to the interview and of course this week i am joined by simon how are you doing man hello i i've the think the top news is i've got it i have the covid oh dear so i i apologize if my voice breaks or if you hear me going <laughs> In the background, because <laughs> that might happen at some point, and if Ad can't edit them all out, um, we apologise. But yes, I have the coughed. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I caught it because I was the coughed because I was in the underworld in Camden, dancing my ass off till three in the morning, packed and sweaty with loads of people, like an idiot. So <laughs> yes, it's my own fault. And unfortunately, now I can't go and see funeral for a friend holding absence and static dress. Uh... So I've fucked that one up for myself but oh well you win some you lose some hey the reason why we were going to see funeral was because at download they'll be playing the same time as maiden yeah and vicky's never seen maiden so i want her to obviously see all of maiden so we thought oh cool we'll go see funeral for a friend and then we also get to see you know holding absence of static dress awesome but that's just not how it's gonna pan out now so <laughs> i don't know where else they're gonna play but yeah we might have to go oh, somewhere dear. else it's a hey here's a letdown here's some news i turned down a funeral for a friend ticket as well what i uh it, it was the first the first uh the first gig of the tour was uh cardiff wasn't it and yeah. um a couple of my friends couldn't go so i was offered a ticket billy actually the, we spoke about him a couple of times last episode yeah um but he messaged me on the day and it's not as easy to get away when you have kids and gotta cook yeah. and everything i think they even left at like half past four and kelly doesn't even finish work until five o'clock so Oh, there you go. So it's a bit like, difficult, isn't it? Straight away, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to go just because logistics, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But uh, oh well, it's all good. They're, they're you know they're they're, they're they're not they're still around, so we can yeah. always go and see them somewhere else. You know, yeah. it's annoying because it's like a loss of. I bought tickets for me and Vicky, so it ended up being like sixty quid. Oh, so it is a bit me. of a waste. Yeah. So I don't know what I can do. I might try and resell them. I'm going to go on there later and see if, you know, you can resell them or whatever. Yeah. I think you can do resale tickets. I've done it through my Ticketmaster app, so might be able to. Cool. Other than uh, the underworld and catching COVID, how have you been the last couple of weeks? How I listened to one of our older episodes and you, you said it, it was the one where you said you started bouldering. You haven't talked about that for a long time. Do you still do it or no? Me and Vicky haven't been. I've really wanted to, but Vicky's been really busy with Pole. Right. Um, she's a pole fitness instructor and other stuff so we haven't had a chance to go so i've just been going to the gym but i think 
when her schedule gets a little bit less busy, we will end up going bouldering again because I really, really enjoyed it when I was doing it. Um, so yeah, we will end up going a little bit more. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, recently it's been a no-no, unfortunately. Yeah. What about uh, what about everything else the last couple of weeks? Yeah, good. Anything Not bad. New? Just standard, really. Nothing to report. Uh, yeah, I went to London like three times in four weeks, which was awesome because uh, I love it there. But um, yeah, that's it. That's literally all I've done. I've literally just been back and forth to London, doing just uh, looking after the guys while they do little bits of recording. Then we went uh, for yeah. I went out with everyone at the weekend, like in Camden, which was nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's literally been it, really. Nice. Apart from that, and now now I've got the coughed, so now I'm just working from home. Cool. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah, you can just work from home. You probably won't lose any money. Well, I'm a facilities manager, so there'll be some stuff I need to be there for. You know, if contractors turn up, I'll need to speak to them on the phone and do the induction and all that with them. But right. as long as I've got I've got staff there, like I look after the receptionists, so they'll just do everything I tell them to, basically. So no, that's fair. I, I, I don't have to be there, really. I should. But um, for the next couple of days, I can work from home. So yeah. all gravy. Cool. What about you? How's um how's the job going? You enjoying it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Still enjoying it. Um, I put way too many hours in no i didn't put too many hours in last week because it means i'm going to be able to buy my download ticket tomorrow but um oh yeah but i did put a lot yes. of hours in last week i worked my day off i did like an hour hour and a half overtime every single day holy hell um, yeah i did a lot of hours last week and uh but yeah it, it was fine like it's it's different because I'm driving now. I would not have been able to do that much overtime on like on a bike, or you know, walking yeah, the course. streets. Uh, I just couldn't have physically done it. But yeah, so it's it's nice that I can do that and still have energy at the end of the day. That's awesome, man. I'm gl- I'm really glad you're enjoying it. And like you said, like when you're doing that, I know you're working a lot of hours, but now you're like, yeah, man, download ticket. Yeah, sorted. <laughs> Is that for you and the missus? Uh, I don't think she's going to be able to go. She's um. Oh man. Yeah. I was, I was I was looking forward to both of you coming. Yeah, she really wants to. She's been expressing how much she wants to go on uh, on Facebook recently as well. Uh, but then she realised that she had to find someone to have the kids for the week. Yeah, and I suppose. Yeah. What did you the do dog. the last couple of years? Did you you both went the last couple of years, didn't you? Um, what did you do? What did you do with the with the kids? Did you just so the first year that boy them off on parents and shit? Right? <laughs> yeah. You got to look after them. Yeah, the f- that's what I'd do. What's that? That's what I would do. What's that? I'd be like, like, just say to any any of my friends. But listen, I'm going to download, right? You, you lot can take it in turns or whatever. But you're looking <laughs> after my kids. It's as simple as that. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The, the first year that Sauron was born, I think he stayed at her parents. Uh, that was twenty. 20- 18 yeah he was born the end of 2017 she came 2018 uh but she didn't come 2019 so she stayed home with uh, the kids okay. then but i was just sorry at that point but yeah we'd have to find someone for eddie as well i think she'd been asking her mum mm. if she could have them it's pretty much only her mum that will have them um overnight okay. at the moment and she can't have them she'll be working so yeah kelly has has accepted the that fact sucks. that she can't go oh man that sucks. Yeah, I think she's pretty gutted about it. And I don't think she would expect me to take a year off for her to be able to go. <laughs> I mean, she knows yeah. this year I was definitely going anyway because of the podcast. But, you know, we probably would have gone like, okay, she can go next year and I'll stay home with the kids. And to be fair, if she wants to do that, then I 
yeah, would happily do that to give her a chance to go again. Oh, it's just funny though, isn't it? Like we, um, I, I said this to my brother before. He's like, you, do, he said this to me rather. He's like, you do a podcast about called Dear Download. You can't not go to Download Festival. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we're kind of like, not that I, you know, I'd, I'd want to go every year that I possibly could, but we're kind of like stuck ourselves in because at least one of us has to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if both of us don't go, we're going to be like, right, let's report about the festival that our podcast named after that we both didn't go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we've kind of like boxed ourselves into a corner now. Yeah. We have to pretty go much. every year. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say anything for you. You're Mr. Streak. So you're mm. all right. Yeah, and I think because of that, Kelly would be like, oh, yeah, no, you have to go, no matter how much she yeah. wants to go. She's, she's awesome like does that. that. Does that mean, <laughs> um, does that mean, I'll say this quietly, does that mean you're going to go rago this time without the missus there? Yeah. yeah. Are we going to get beast man Adam just going nuts? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yes, as long as I get my four o'clock nap every afternoon, I'll be fine. That's fine, I'll man. Be fine to party Dude, every we'll... night. We'll do a jewel nap. I'm well up for that, man. <laughs> yeah. Then when we get up, I'll have like massive energy. It's got to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, well, other than work, yeah, I haven't really done a lot. I really, really, really want Elden Ring. But mm. I know That's I... all the guys are talking about on the chat is just fucking Elden Ring, fucking Elden Ring. Yeah, well, I know I'd only get about two, three hours a week to play it, and I can't justify paying that money for it. Hmm brand new i'll wait for it to come down in price a little bit yeah yeah it's i, I uh, it's not the end of the world man once you get to play it you'll you know it'll be awesome you don't have to play it straight no. straight away some people have to though don't they they're like one of those people my brother's like that if a new game comes out he's either pre-ordered it or the day it comes out he's got it yeah like you know these people that just have to play it but either before <laughs> or while everyone else is yeah i'm not like that i'm not like i don't if it's good, I'll play it whenever. Like, don't bother me. Yeah, yeah. I think I played the new God of War like two years after it was released, and, <laughs> and it was, it was yeah. still amazing. You know, it just yeah. It wasn't still, you still get to hype. experience the game. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah, yeah. It's after the hype, but then the good thing is you find out if you're not buying a, a shit game. You know, like the people who bought the first version of No Man's Sky, uh, that was and me. then you buy it now, and it's like a completely different game. Yeah. It's like you should have just waited like four or five years, yeah, and you would have got an incredible game so yeah especially now with like patches and shit in it just wait a little while yeah just wait, uh, wait a little wait wait like a year man it was obviously be much better anthem and the marvel game that were both oh and cyberpunk were, they were all absolute mm. shite you know that's oh my god that was a big one so many quid. videos <laughs> yeah shit well game yeah game 50 quid each probably more if you're buying like limited edition limited edition or whatever yeah 150 oh, 200 yeah. quid i saved by not <sighs> going with the hype yeah fuck that that's like it, uh, that, it, this is horrible to say but that's pretty much almost your download <laughs> ticket yeah <laughs> we're so old man we remember when download was like 130 quid yeah i mean we're 20 25 we're 25, we're 25 but <laughs> yeah. we still remember when you know it was 130 quid yeah. <laughs> now it's like Take out a second mortgage. There you go. Yeah. There's your download ticket. Gone up pretty much. Plus showers, parking. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. It's gone up pretty much £10 a year, except for 2008, I think it was, where it only went up by about £7, but then it went up by 13 Ooh. or 14 the year after. So it's averaged out Ooh. at £10 a year. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like that. 
I like the way you've done that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should yeah, we? True, should we talk about any news? Yes. Um, I've got a few bits. Actually, there's one bit I quickly left out. Uh, I've been listening to like there's two bands that I got told about ages ago, and I never really listened to them. And then I started listening to them in the last couple of weeks, and I love both of them now. Uh, Turnstile, which is a band that everyone's talking about, they're amazing. Yeah. And Teenage Wrist is another one, and they're also amazing. I've been listening to those two albums nonstop, literally for the last two weeks. Awesome. <clears throat> I've been listening to Kiss this week because I'm doing like a Kiss special on my YouTube. So I've been listening to Turnstile, uh, okay. Teenage Wrist, and every Kiss album nice. to try and rank them. <laughs> so, if we're talking about bands that we've got into, I will go through mine. Oh, How go on then. Can I go sort on. these? No, don't fucking download them. Remove. Ah, how do I sort this shit? Because like, so I've got I got a new phone. I think I said before, and I got a watch. I got a smart watch. So when I'm driving, nice. I can control my phone that's playing music through my little Bluetooth speaker from my watch nice. as it's on the thingy. And 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 this is what I got it for. So like, when I hear a cool song, it's usually a band I've never heard before. I just go, oh, I like that. <laughs> right, and it's been probably been about seven or eight different bands that I've liked recently. But I don't know how oh, to dude. sort this. Ah, yes. Follow You Home. There's one band. They're very good. Uh, Tonight Alive. Have you heard of them? No. Uh, Memory of a Melody. Nope. No. Late Night Saviour. Nope. <laughs> loads. Loads of just random bands that come on. What about Cryo Shell? No. Lansdowne? No. And Follow the Cypher? No. But that's awesome. This is, this is yeah. what we were talking about before. Why why these sorts of formats are so awesome because you're discovering yeah. all this new music that you never would have would have even knew existed before and now yeah. you're like that's sick oh they're sick and then you'll probably go check out more of their stuff if you really like one of their yeah. songs yeah awesome definitely. dude and think about this let's fast forward let's sort of fast forward let's rewind to like episode one when you were like nah i don't i'm not really listening to any new bands yeah, look at you now, yeah, man. You're point. like fucking reeling them off. You're listening to more new, new music <laughs> than I am. They might not necessarily be new. Yeah, uh, but you've still you've, you, you've reverted <laughs> into a, like a whole different person musically now. You're like yeah, yeah, you're, that's a good you've point. Completely changed on another level, man. Yeah, I like that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's good. I like it, man. But, fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, any any of those bands, I would definitely recommend go and check them out. Sorry, I'm just. Pouring a drink. Go for you it. You probably mate. heard that. You go for I was it. Probably, you can probably hear me pouring a drink as I was saying that. <laughs> uh, if you can, I'm going to leave it in because I've forgotten what I said now. <laughs> um, let's go. Sorry. Yeah. You were saying about going to the news and I stopped. Uh, let's go to the news. This is the news. We've got news coming for you now. Just shut up. The, the news is going to come now. This is the news. It's the news. It's the news. And the baby. news is coming. The news the is coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit of... Uh, it's not made in news. It's just something that Bruce Dickinson said that I thought you might find... Uh, it's quite funny, actually. So Bruce Dickinson had okay. an interview recently and he was asked about if Maiden were going to retire. He said, yeah. we have literally zero plans to retire. And he goes, we're probably going to drop dead on stage. So I think they're literally going to play. That's what he said. He said, we literally, until someone drops dead on stage, we're literally going to keep playing. So, um, yeah, 
just hopefully you're not at that gig in the future uh, yeah, yeah. Well, i was just gonna say like i bet people are gonna be trying to be at the gig where they drop dead on stage now to <laughs> to say i was at that gig yeah but but every single show of theirs sells out anyway so it's not really a help it's not gonna help them sell more tickets i guess yeah no <laughs> he probably wasn't saying it to help them sell tickets <laughs> yeah this but... could be the one where one of them dropped dead get tickets for the show quickly <laughs> imagine that fucking hell what a way to sell tickets one of us could die on stage today <laughs> do you want to buy a ticket witness do you want to witness a death <laughs> oh my god oh dear that'll be the head on the poster do you want to witness <laughs> oh fuck me yeah. Oh, I thought I thought of a new thing. Oh, another another thing for a poster. I've got to say this before I forget. Go on. Um, cream for me, Donnington. Why has nobody, why has nobody taken that and ran with it and, and used that as like memes or not memes, but like I don't know, a, a weekly thing. Uh, cream for me, download. Yeah, cream for yeah. That's, that's pretty weird, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it now. Sorry, carry on. Go on. Uh, oh, it's me. Sorry. That's, that was it. That Revert was, to me. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there wasn't... This was a bit of news. So I'll go through releases in a second because there's a few new releases I want to talk about. But um, Rammstein have announced their um, new album um, called uh, called Zeit, uh, which means time in English. Um, and it, I, I was just looking through some facts about Rammstein. I was like, holy shit. Like, th- think of this, right? You would never have thought that a... a uh, you know, like an industrial metal band that sings in German would have sold over 20 million albums. No. That's, it, that's just nuts. Like, it that's madness. Crazy. It's crazy how... how and, and I love Rammstein. It's just mad how popular they are. It's it's just insane. They play fucking stadiums. Yeah. Stadiums. Not, not, not just like arenas. <laughs> stadiums. It's mad. But anyway, yeah, so that was another bit. Um, and also, do you know what we didn't talk about last time? We had some download lineup announcements. Oh, yeah, no, we we recorded the day before it was released. Did we talk about... Yes, we didn't talk about them, did we? No. No. Uh, so good point. Yeah. yeah, that would be good to talk about. Yeah, so anyway. Download uh, 2022 had a few announcements. Um, the big name being Skin Dread, which I'm very happy about because they're a very good band. Um, and the only ones I can see that were added were the Scratch, Harriet... Kid Brunswick, Bimini, and Yonaka. I don't know what's going on with these names of these bands, man. But <laughs> so no one that I know, but um those ones anyway. I will check them out. I always go through the lineup and check everyone out before. Yeah. But yeah, I'm happy about Skin Dread because they're really good and they're playing on the Friday, which looking at their lineup was was the day that was the weakest for me. So it gives me someone else to see. Um so yeah, that was a bit of download news. Um Two Thousand Trees also added Puppy to the lineup. They were on there before in 2020. Then they took them off. Now they're back on. I'm happy of that because I fucking love Puppy. And that actually rolls nicely into releases because, you know, before I said to you about the Puppy single and I wasn't very happy with the sound. Yeah. I- I've changed my mind about it now. The EP's come out. It's called Shame and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and okay. I, I think, yeah, I did listen to it and yeah, I couldn't hear it. Yeah, I think the production is so different to the album that they released that I thought it was shit. But it's not shit. It's just really different. Yeah. So I take it back. um, What I said, the the EP I gave it eight out of ten. It's really really good, worth a listen. 
if you're um if you're a puppy fan so yeah fucking awesome um papa roach released a single cut the line another one from their album coming oh, okay. out it's really good again video's terrible yeah. um but the song is really good <laughs> and i was saying this before I'm, I'm not sure if i've we've, we've said this before on the podcast but papa roach are one of the most consistent bands they very rarely put out yeah. any bad music so we have to do a papa roach special at some point because i'd love to go back through all the albums and actually list to see what are my favorites i think that'll be sick so i gave that a seven out of ten uh ghost released another track called 20s it's a really dark weird industrial track i liked it a lot i gave it a seven out of ten static dress released such a shame another awesome static dress song good screamo stuff i gave that an out of eight out of ten and rammstein released Zer the song um and it's awesome slow piano that builds up to like typical rammstein guitars i gave that an eight out of ten comments cool video and uh yeah well, that's all the stuff i've got for releases since the last time we spoke cool uh going back to the download thing i think there was 12 bands altogether the uh oh, was that only... okay i did I, I i could not find who they were yeah the the only one that i'd ever heard of was skin dread uh but what i am planning on doing uh i've had this idea I thought about it for a couple of weeks. I should should hopefully be able to get round to doing it on Sunday. Was um, I know Download Festival have got their own playlist on Spotify for like all of the bands that are playing, but if it was anything like the Bloodstock one. That was like six hundred and sixty hours, mm-hmm. and that's too much too much to go through. So what I was planning on doing was um, just putting a couple of songs from each band, um, from each day from each stage, so. Uh, on, on one yeah on one playlist so like one playlist will be the dog tooth stage on the friday oh i get you and okay ev- ev- every band that's playing on that day on that stage and it'll be well it's probably only about eight eight bands eight nine bands per day so was that 16 to 18 yeah that's tracks. not bad that's a great idea and it's just it's just a bit easier to yeah to take in and you I don't know how many weekends we've got left, but yeah, I mean, you, you could do that. You could have friends over, and like you said, you always have um, listening sort of parties to get ready to listen to each, to you know, get ready for download, listening to each band. You could just do one of those playlists tonight if you wanted to. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Great idea. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll crack on. Um, yeah, like I said, hopefully I'll get to, get to do that on Sunday. Do we have? Do you have any more news? Uh, that's it. All I've got for news and really, there was no real news news. It was just stuff that I saw, and then obviously the download lineup. We're, we're a bit slow on that one, just from where where it got done and where we done this episode. Uh, but yeah, a lot of good releases, so a lot of good stuff coming out. It's going to be a lot of good music. There was bound to be because everyone was writing stuff in 2020 when they were sitting at home. So yeah, you know, 2021, 22, 23 is probably going to be prolific for loads of really shit hot albums and stuff so yeah we're really big i I feel like i'm being spoiled at the moment with all this music that's coming out because i'm actually liking a hell of a lot of it so yeah uh i I think the there's the heavy music awards at the moment Mm -hmm. have you seen that they do a a best podcast category and we're not we're not there (laughs) so fuck (laughs) them shall we bring ronnie in for the uh for the main topic of this episode, which is the interview with Samantha, Samantha and Andy, we shall. Shall we cast? Yeah. Bring Ronnie down. Shall we say a prayer? Yeah. Here, one second. It's just a couple of things I wanted to go over just be- just before we get into it. So I've got, I've got to apologise for some of the sound in this. Um, 
I think it's fine. Uh, but um, Samantha and Andy had my audio coming out of the laptop and they were talking into the laptop's microphone. So it was picking up, their, their side was picking up my voice as well. And most right, places okay. I could delete my my voice from their side. But if we were all talking, I couldn't do that. So there's a few areas where it sounds weird. It's still fine. But uh, I just wanted to let people know that's why it sounds a bit weird. And and normally I can I can take out like little coughs in the background, you know, us clearing our throat to get into the next bit. And that's fine usually, but yeah, it was coming through theirs as well. I couldn't like while they were talking, so I couldn't mm. cut it out. So <laughs> yeah, you I was gonna say it earlier when you said about you your voice might go. I was gonna say, yeah, that, that so that's what happens in the interview. But yeah, this is a really good interview. Um I think I said it earlier. They're basically a, a musical theatre band. They, they, they've they done so much of their own stuff. They don't have like an agent or a manager. Andy does all of it, does all the bookings. I was quite nervous. It was just me for this one. I was a little bit nervous at the beginning. But basically, I, I sat down with them before starting to record. And, and they just sat listened to me. And I was like, I'm in charge here. <laughs> they're listening to what i say i this is this is nerve-wracking i need simon here but yeah unfortunately simon wasn't around so i was i think you can you yeah, can sorry bro that's fine you can hear how nervous i am for the first sort of five ten minutes and i think i towards the end as well it was, it was a fine interview they they did great they were amazing they knew what they were doing uh more than i did if i'm honest because they've done it loads of times before so yeah they were great I think this is going to be, this is definitely worth sticking around for, even if you're not into, you know, musical theatre, because like I said, what they have learnt, it transfers across to what we could do, what we could do, what bands could do, up and coming bands. And and yeah, like I said, so they, they've done this so many times, they knew exactly what to say and they, they were great. So yeah, stick around for it. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say there's a couple of little things before going into the interview. Here they are. Let's bring Ronnie in. Summon Ronnie. Ronnie, lay me down to sleep. Pray the Ronnie, my soul to keep. <laughs> if I die before I Ronnie, pray the Ronnie, my soul to Ronnie. <laughs> 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 Uh, so yeah, so this week we have a couple of very special guests, uh, Samantha and Andy. Before I introduce them properly, I want to just go over a, a little bit why they're here, because we, we've been going over the last couple of weeks, uh, a, a couple of episodes of um, music industry episodes, and uh, just trying to answer the question, how do bands make money these days? And it's it's completely different to, to when we were growing up. And uh, so I posted on the uh, on on one of the Facebook groups, a band promotion uh, Facebook group, just saying we want some guests who have have experience in the industry. And being a primarily rock based podcast, I guess, because it's all about download festival. It might seem a bit odd to have Samantha and Andy here uh, because you're not rock in the slightest. Well, I, would, I shouldn't say not rock in the slightest. Uh, we can clear that up later because our local fun band that we've just started is actually a classic rock pub band, but okay. it's not our commercial work. So we are right. very rock orientated. Personally, it's what we listen to at home is pretty much right. all rock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, Samantha got in touch and basically said, we're not rock 
but a lot of the stuff that we've done over the years a lot of the stuff that we have learnt will help bands that are into the rock industry into yeah in the sort of rock industry area i guess uh so yeah so as i said i'm joined by samantha and andy how are you guys oh very well thank you for having us yeah we're very happy to be here excellent thank you uh before i go any further as well uh, i just want to say i have a feeling this is going to be an amazing chat if i'm honest um so it's it's worth sticking around the first sort of message that samantha sent me said i had a brief amount of what you do and that intrigued me a little bit and then andy sent me an email pretty much everything you've done so far and i i didn't read all through it all in one go i I started reading it before going to work and um i I ran out of time because it was so big but what i did read you know i was walking to work and i felt on top of the world you know what what you said in that email really sort of inspired me so this this chat today i think is going to be inspiring to whoever's listening whatever kind of music you're into wherever you're trying to get to in in the music industry so i think this is going to be a lot of interesting and informative stuff here yeah so that's why you're here uh because you know you said you could probably help out with with people as well Uh, i would normally at this point go over a bit of what you do but like i said there's so much i think i will there'd be so much i miss out so why don't you give the listeners a little bit about what you're about how you started what exactly it is that you do yep okay we'll we'll go with that um yeah hi it's andy here speaking samantha's the performer and um i'm her partner and also manager which is very handy amongst other things yeah um sound engineer and all that stuff so i do everything except the performing um so i can give a quick summary of uh, how this all came about and it goes back a long time to when we first met and we met at an amateur dramatic evening and we went dancing together and i taught her swing dancing and we got to know each other very well and eventually we ended up as a couple and one day I was in the car driving she started singing and I just thought wow what a voice that is an amazing voice why isn't it professional and it turned out that that was because she hadn't had any encouragement from school or family and so she just presumed that uh, she wasn't going to be a professional performer that that was somehow just too difficult however i I'm a bit more um, forthright than than she is. And I thought, no, no, you need to be professional. So we'll work out. We'll we'll make it happen somehow. So I arranged for uh, private vocal lessons um, because Samantha is autistic, not in a way that hugely affects her ability to, to function, but it did mean that she couldn't go to college. So we had to get her trained privately. And eventually we found a really lovely vocal coach and she had three years of training so that turned her out as a fully rounded professional singer do you want to say anything before i carry on with anything else i don't really know what i can add to that. Oh, okay <laughs> all right i'll, I'll plow on with, it, with with the next bit um so that uh, brought us to a point where there was samantha who was Uh, talented and now skilled because talent is what you're born with obviously and skill is what you develop um, through training so she had both and we really wanted to get her out there performing but the question was 
Firstly, how do we get any performance happening? And secondly, how do we make any money from it? Getting in front of people was not too difficult. We went for karaoke and singing competitions and things like that. So and open mic nights. Open mics, yeah. Mainly open mics, come to think of it. You're mm. right. Yeah, it was mainly open mics, which is a really good place to start. A good experience of getting in front of a, an audience. Um, but, you know, that was just to get her used to being in front of an audience, really. What we wanted to do was make it a career. And that was the tricky bit. And it's probably the bit that everyone struggles with if they want to make money from music is, you know, I can do the music bit now. How do I make the money? Um, and I thought it would be quite easy because I come from an engineering background. And in engineering, if somebody comes along and says, look, I've got this excavator that's better than the one you're using now, would you be interested? And so the people go, yeah, of course we would. Not the same in the music industry. If you go to somebody and say, I've got a singer here who's you know, really talented, they generally go, so? <laughs> yeah. Carry on using the people they're used to, the people they know. And I just thought talent would win through, but it doesn't work like that. Um, he was so naive. No. I was, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, not in this industry. That's something we've discussed uh, a few times, actually, that yeah, the, the the yeah the bit the best talent doesn't naturally rise to the top like in some other things like sports or or like you said in engineering. Absolutely, and of course, talent is subjective. It is, yes. Yeah, so, but so it is harder in the music industry. It, it's harder, but I knew objectively yeah. the the area that we were targeting was not pop, so it was not that we were after recording contracts that sort of thing. We were going in a different direction because Samantha's particular skill is musical theatre. So what we really wanted was her in West End shows. Um, okay. And it, and it quickly became apparent, well, not quickly, actually. It took me years to, for it to really sink in, that the only way you get in a West End show is if you've got an agent because they don't hold open auditions. So you have to be invited to an audition. And the only way you can get an agent is if you've been to college because they won't even consider you if you haven't been to college. So she couldn't get an agent. Okay. So she couldn't get the work. So that left us with the, the alternative of how are we going to make get work? And we, I decided we would have to make our own work. And that's what we decided to do. And it completely changed our direction. And then we had to learn all about how do you go and create your own work and make money by doing it yourself, basically. That it, it is intriguing because uh, I've never looked into any other side of music than, than rock music really and I don't even know that much about rock music and the industry and how bands get big uh, I've actually I've learned over the last six months whilst doing this podcast and it like I said so it is intriguing I, I, I never knew that you needed an agent to get into the West End I'd never guessed that or to currently be in college because they do send out audition yeah uh, they send out um scouts scouts yeah to the colleges and okay. do auditions there yeah, they do their fine in their last year. They do a sort of showcase production, and so they get agents going to that who try and if pick you're up, in London. If you're in London, um, <laughs> but if you're outside of London and or don't have an agent, and we're both of those, so you, basically not the slightest chance. <laughs> and we haven't learned a lot about pop, but I I do know that I've heard many times now that labels are only interested in people who have already created an enormous social media following. So they know that they have an audience already, so they don't yeah. have to do the work to make the band successful. That's what I've heard. I don't know whether it's true. Um, and that's the same in, in rock music. Yeah, we've, we've been learning all about that. Is um, I think a lot of people say you've got to play the game, which is, is 
this is what we've been saying you basically yeah you've got to have your own following you've got to be posting to social media probably two three times a day but it has to be engaging stuff you can't just post rubbish but that's that's what we've been struggling with it's like so i'm from just a small a small town in somerset i don't know as far as i'm aware i don't think anybody from here has become big uh, big bands or uh, big artists so there's nobody here to give the advice as well to the to the people up and coming and and the hard thing i found when i was in a band and i assume it's still the same is like how do you so we're, in somerset the closest places are exeter and bristol how do you say get a gig in somewhere like london or newcastle you know they don't have, they have no idea who you are they've never heard of you you contact them and they'll probably say what what we found is sometimes they'll say you have to bring your own fans you know you've got to sell 20 30 tickets but you've got no fans other places you've got to try how do you build up from from nothing um which you i I assume you have been able to do with um with samantha with both of you yeah we'd, we'd went a slightly different route faced with this uh difficulty of not being able to get anybody to employ samantha we had to do everything self-employed approach we started off uh, and of course we were looking for theater type work so it's slightly different from rock music but i can see how a lot of the things would be the same but our particular um story is that we started by um hiring local village halls and we did a summer tour of dorset village halls where we put on the shows and we promoted them and we kept the ticket money and we just paid the hire of the hall and that was our first experience of thinking what is it like to yeah. run a, a show a tour basically we were inspired by the arts reach shows mm. um we applied to arts reach um who put on shows in village halls in rural areas um and didn't get a reply so we yeah. just did it ourselves <laughs> but we were inspired by it yeah we thought that that's you know there are villages out there where they yeah. have people who want to come and see shows because people don't go to the village halls very much so we thought that would be maybe successful um it was, start. yeah it wasn't successful and i but i think if we were doing it now years later possibly it would be because we've learned a lot more about marketing and marketing is is key um yeah so we did that for one summer and then uh we then went to the edinburgh fringe was the next major thing we did where samantha did three weeks um, at um, at Free Fringe, what they call Free Fringe. So you don't pay um, to hire a room. It's Everything's provided free for you. Um, and you just pass a hat at the end and hope to pick up some money. It was great fun. It was, it was great fun, <laughs> fascinating, exhausting. And they say if you go to Edinburgh Fringe, budget to lose £5,000. Really? Um, we only lost £4,000, so theoretically we were £1,000 <laughs> ahead. Uh, yeah, but nice. It's mostly accommodation. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah the, the accommodation yeah. prices treble during the Fringe. Um, but what, we, what people tend to go to the Fringe for is to get noticed and to get reviews. And we did yeah. get a review from the Stage newspaper, which is the biggest arts um, publication that's for the industry. And we got one of their reviewers to come along um, seven others said they'd come and didn't, but Paul Vale of uh, the stage did. And he gave us a review which included the word perfection and said her vocal range is remarkable and things like that. So it cost us a lot of money, but we've used that quote 
ever since on every show we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We use his quote. So that's what you go to Edinburgh for. And we got that. And then the next year we decided to go for theatres and art centres rather than village halls, which okay. was a bit of a step up. Um, and I didn't even, I was very green. I knew nothing about the arts world having come from engineering. Um, but I had to learn about things like if you want to play a venue, there are various different financial ways it can be approached. You can hire the venue and you can keep all the money like we did with the village halls or a venue can hire you and they pay you a fee that you agree and they keep all the money. Or you can do the in-betweeny, which is what we've always opted for, which is a door split. Right, yeah. I think that's quite common in music, straight music as well as theatre music as well. Yeah. And that's what we tend to do. So I had to learn about these different things. And we decide, because we're very much theatrical-based, the first show was called The Vera Lynn Story. So it was a musical biography um, aimed at theatres because it was Vera Lynn's 100th birthday year. And we approached lots of... No, we didn't. We had an agent to do that for us, a booking agent. And they approached the venues um, and got us about 12 bookings in the year. Not a lot, but that was 12 theatres that we could then go to. Um, we got about 75% of the door take and the venues kept the rest. And it was Samantha and a pianist. We created the show, worked about out script, um got the scores created, all that stuff. And then we took our own PA round with us. I did the sound engineering and that was it, really. We did the shows and we made a profit. 12 shows a year isn't enough to make a living, but we did make a profit from the tour. And it taught us a lot about theatre touring. And I think a lot of what we learned from that would be the same with strict music venues because most rock musicians are not going to be looking at theatres. You can... It is possible. Theatres do put on rock music, but certainly yeah. if it's original music, they won't. It would have to be rock covers. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of marketing um, and that sort of thing, what we do for the theatres is the same as a, a music venue. So that's probably a crossover, and I can talk about that in a minute if you want me to talk about how we market it. Well, yeah, I was think thinking a second ago when you said about losing all that money. Um, as another thing we've we've spoken about on the show is how you you when you when you have a band or it it doesn't I I'll try I try not to bring it back to rock music all the time because it's it's about you guys uh, but it's just been a natural thing throughout the this will be episode eighteen now so we've been doing it for about six months uh, but yeah it's just a natural thing to try and bring it back but yeah no it, we found that um, to to be successful you've got to create your music um, and make yourself into a brand these days you know it, it's not just about the music anymore you've got to be a brand and, and it's no probably no different to having your own business you know and people say businesses should aim to lose money for the first three years and I guess it's did you see it the same or in a similar way when you're losing money you think it's to uh, helping yourself like you said you got the, the review um, that you've used the whole time yeah, that that's exactly how I approached it. Um, because yeah. I've got a sort of an entrepreneurial nature, I looked at Samantha as a business. Um, yeah. And I expected to lose money for some years and hoped to end up making money. And maybe we will one day. <laughs> now, that, that's a slight joke. We do make money, but we don't make a living out of it. We, 
but it wouldn't support right. us at the moment. I think it might do one day, but certainly at the beginning, because we wanted to use good equipment, for instance, that's very expensive to go and equip yourself with decent touring PA. Um, we didn't worry too much that we weren't doing enough shows a year because we were still learning and I didn't really want to go into it in a huge way until we knew what we were doing. And we've got slightly bigger. So after that year of doing 12 shows of the Vera Lynn story, we decided that she was no longer 100. She was 101 the next year and that wasn't a big special year. So we put that to one side and we came up with another tribute show, which was a tribute to the original Seekers, which is folk pop music with three acoustic musicians instead of a pianist. And this time we decided to book it ourselves. So having used a booking agent, I then invested more money by paying somebody to help me research all the venues throughout the country. And that was expensive. It cost me about a thousand pounds. And that was for their help. And I was working on it as well. But at the end, we had a list of 650 um, theatre and arts centre venues that put on shows, tribute shows, that sort of thing. Now, that's yeah. not music venues. They're, I know there's a completely separate set of venues in the country that just do music, and usually it's standing rather than sitting, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. we didn't create that because that's not our, our type of show. But So for the second show tour, I booked it myself. So having created that list of 650, I then whittled it down to the ones I thought were appropriate for our tour and emailed about 400 And then I followed it up with another email a bit later. And from that, we got about 20 bookings. And that was probably cheaper than paying a fee to a booking agent. And we've obviously got the use of that list now forever. You did miss a step. Did I? Well, why do I miss? (laughs) You missed the Shaftesbury Fringe. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is that, yeah. I'm not sure we did that to make money, but we did do it. We we were promoting (laughs) music and... Um, performance, in yeah, general. and we did. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's relevant, but you missed it. <laughs> I, I should add that in. Yeah, um, we also created in our local town um, the Shaftesbury Fringe Arts Festival. Um, having come back from Edinburgh and seen the Edinburgh Fringe, we thought, well, there's no reason why that can't work anywhere. Um, yeah. So I took six months off work and started this uh, weekend fringe event where we went around the town and we spoke to lots of potential venues, small venues like um, halls and all the places you'd expect, churches, that sort of thing, but also shops and any quirky place that you could put a performance into. The garden behind the uh, wine shop, for example? Yes, garden. That was very popular. Um, uh, Yeah, the patio behind the dentist is quite popular. That's a good Um, one. Yeah, Uh, and as well as all the conventional venues. And we put that together and uh, it went very well. In the second year, it was the th- became the third biggest in England. So the first year was, was a pretty nice. good start. Um, but interestingly, uh, the way we organised it was that the performers and the venues got together and decided what they wanted to do. And then the Fringe team produced a magazine and did all the, the marketing and the promoting and told the local area here is an event happening, come and see what's going on and come and book. And we listed all the shows and all their times and who to get in touch with and all that sort of stuff. And the shows paid the Fringe, I think it was 25 quid for an entry in the Fringe magazine. And for that, we did all the promoting and it was a huge success. And a lot of the performers made a lot of money because they there was a great 
desire for, of the local people to see art. And it was a big buzzy yeah. sort of event. But the f- most interesting thing, the most surprising thing was uh, pretty much every single local music act wouldn't get involved. They said, what, you want us to pay you? Oh, well, that's pay to play. So we're not having anything to do with it. So we had theatre, we had puppetry. We, we had, had a lot of comedians. A lot of stand-ups. Because it was the month before Edinburgh. That's right, yeah. So we had a lot of people who were going to take their show to Edinburgh come to uh, ours first yeah. as a trial run. And it was really successful, um, uh, but there were no no bands. Um, oh. And um, <laughs> quite, I got quite a lot of stroppy replies from them, and they were quite antagonistic. However, in the second year... We had a lot of bands because they suddenly realised that here's this this possibility of performing. And yes, maybe they'd have to pass the hat. But if you pass the hat to 100 people and each one of them put a few quid in, you've made money. So, yeah, yeah, that uh, that was quite surprising. So uh, rock bands, be open minded because sometimes people are out there trying to help you. (laughs) (laughs) It's um, yeah, it's going back to the whole pay to play thing again, isn't it? Like. People got fed up with it, I think. Um, you know, they wouldn't want to pay £25 to go and play at their local venue, but they'd probably pay, 25, pay £25 to go and play at Glastonbury, you know? And and so it's the, it's the old argument, uh, people saying like, oh, I can't eat, um, oh, what's it? Influencers, try and get it or try and... Can't pay my bills with exposure. Ex- yeah. Exposure, yeah. But um, if you had the exposure at, say, Glastonbury Festival... You would go, yes, I would do that. And we, we've had the same conversation about Spotify as well. You know, the up and the small bands are happy to go on Spotify and get no money for their listens uh, or their, their um, streams. But the big bands are fed up with not getting the money. It's like you, you need that exposure in the beginning. You know, you have to get it. You've just got to weigh up. Is the, the benefit to me from a marketing point of view worth the fact that I'm not getting paid or I'm having to pay? And if it's worth it yeah. to you, then do it. And if it's not worth yeah. it, don't do it. That's that's the yeah. way we look yeah. at it. Yeah, it's knowing your self worth, I guess, as well. And and that's one thing that I guess you have helped with with Samantha. Um, you said you you saw the driving force behind it. Really, you know exactly what you where you want to be. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a very keen organizer. I like <laughs> yeah. I like organizing, <laughs> which is quite handy because Samantha's nature is that she doesn't want to organize anything ever. Um, she wants somebody else to organise it for her, so that's quite handy, really. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I want to. Um, so, you, could you've said a couple of times now about uh, being a cover covers band, um, and one thing, Samantha, you said to me in in the original message was about how some people can be. I'm not sure the I can't remember exa- what exactly the word you used was, but uh, people don't like people that do covers. Tribute work is what tribute. Yeah, is how we class um, it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fine with that. I was a sound guy for a um, a covers band for a couple of years. I know if Simon was here, he wouldn't care. You know, there it does seem to be yeah. a lot of stigma against um, people doing tribute work, as if it's not real art or it's not a real performance. Or it's not not original or creativity. It's, it's not a, yeah, or it's not creative. Like um, yeah. And I disagree with that. And I have a very good, re- a very specific reason for it, which is. I know it doesn't apply to all tribute work, but the ones who do it well are trying to mimic a band that has been successful in the studio. So 
you have to be as good live as they were in the mm. studio. And also, you're not performing necessarily in your own personal style. You're trying to mimic somebody else's personal style. Which so in much some ways, than, than it, they, if doing yeah. it right is yeah. a lot harder than doing your own style. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't think people really take into account that specific yeah. so part of the job. Creative, but is it extremely skilled if you do it well? And there's another aspect that we've mentioned amongst ourselves, amongst the two of us, which is that um, orchestras are all cover bands. Nobody seems to think that's not artistic. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. All ballet has covers. Yeah, isn't it? that's all just yeah. covers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All Shakespeare, that's all oh, covers. Yeah, can't, can't even write their own one. play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our little beef about um, people looking down on tribute work. <laughs> no, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with um, tributes and covers. I, I, the biggest festival we have here is a tribute, uh, a tribute festival. Actually, um, it, it happens a, a, in a weekend in August, and there's nothing anywhere like the size of it for original music. You know, people pay for covers, uh, but but people enjoy playing covers of songs or tributes. Anyway, you know, it's like like, like you said, it's, it it takes skill. Um, the guitarist, when I was in a in a covers, oh, the sound guy for a covers band, one of the best guitarists I've ever seen or ever known. You know, I was friends with him in college as well, and he was absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, no, I think it's absolutely fine. Well, there's a good reason why people like to hear the music that covers bands play, and that's because it's survived because it's the best music. And yeah. yes, some of the new original stuff might be as good and it might last 50 years and people still be playing it in 50 years, but 99.9% .9 of it won't be that good. And Which so, is true of 99.9% .9 of the stuff that came out when those good songs yes, came out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's the ones that have survived, which have survived because they're good and the rest will be forgotten. So why you would look down on these fantastic songs, I can't imagine. But there we are. <laughs> so, yes, tribute work is, is what we do. So after The Seekers, we then are on our third show now, which is our current touring show, which is called Dusty, Scylla, Lulu and Pet, where Samantha has to uh, mimic the voice of the four singers, which technically is extremely difficult because they're all very different. And she does it all in one show. But it's extremely fun. Well, it's a great fun. <laughs> great songs. Um, and that's a, a four-piece electric band instead of the acoustic backing uh, and that's where we've got to with our our um, show work alongside that we do other stuff Samantha teaches so she teaches um, singing um, that's a good source of income and I think if you're if you're good at teaching even if you're not highly qualified if you set the standard of your pupils appropriately then it's fine. So if you're not a brilliant musician in something, but you want to teach beginners, and you're really good at teaching beginners, I think that's perfectly valid. I know some people think that's not right. You have to have qualifications, etc. But no, we, no, I don't think so. So we do that, and we also do vintage work. So Samantha sings uh, World War II song, songs. Obviously, the Vera Lynn was that type of song. And we go to a lot of vintage weekend events, and we take a little uh, a tent and a stage and an awning and He says little, it's and, enormous. Well, yeah, it's quite big. Uh, <laughs> you have, can put the car in it well, and the trailer and still have room. <laughs> yeah, it's quite big. <laughs> it's quite a big tent. <laughs> it's a big World War II tent, a um, big green thing. Um, and it has its own trailer. And we trundle that around and we go and spend a weekend 
and she sings on and off 15 minutes every hour throughout the day, entertaining the audience who've come to watch the reenactors. So that's a, a completely different way of earning a bit of money. Um, and then we do other odd things for a bit of money here and there. We've done a wedding and things like that, which everybody knows about. That's more traditional. Um, but we've always, or I have always kept my eyes open for any new and original possible way of making money um, to yeah. try and turn it into a, a, a livable income and just followed them all up and some work and some don't. And so we're, that's what we'll, we'll keep on doing that, looking for new opportunities. Yeah. Well, one thing, yeah, one thing in your email you said about was um, you, you make all of the sets yourself as well. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't cost the earth. And, uh, and uh, again, I think that's something that other people could take away from this. Like you get um, like small original bands who go to different pubs, you know, and they could take more with them to, to make it more of a show instead of just standing there playing music and hoping people like them. Do you, do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think there are two different approaches to a show we have we're quite showy people when we put on a show we want it to look like something unusual and special um there is another approach to it which is our music is what we are and everything else is irrelevant so we will turn up and we won't dress in any un anything unusual we'll just wear our normal day clothes we'll play our music and if you like our music that's fine and you'll enjoy that and that's a perfectly valid approach but it's not the way we do it. We have this feeling that if people have paid to come and see us, we want to be putting on something a bit special. We want them to know that we have made an effort. So we will always dress up in some fashion, no matter how low-key the event, just so people know that we've thought about it and we feel that it shows respect for the audience. Yeah, I, I always feel like if I'm performing in my regular clothes it kind of feels like i'm not taking it seriously i'm not sure what that is yeah. about me but <laughs> i think that's it's just that you're a show off oh no yeah that's what it is <laughs> could be that yeah i think you're right i just really really like gowns <laughs> so if i have an opportunity to wear a big fancy dress Why would you i'm not? gonna wear a big fancy dress i'm not gonna wear jeans and a t-shirt yeah. that's just me though yeah. <laughs> but that's which is convenient because not only do you love dressing up but we also think that it's a good thing to do for your audience and the same with sets um, to to bring a bit of stuff along with you to show that you're trying to put on the best possible performance you can for your audience. I think they appreciate that. I think they do. Um, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and all of this can be done on, I was going to say on the cheap. That's not really the right word. You can do it cost effectively. So when we're making sets, I make them and I cast around for things. that Components. I can, components that are often <laughs> scrapped to some other industry but can be made to look like they're quite interesting when they're on stage, because you can do what you like on stage, as long as it's unusual and interesting. Uh, so, you also give yourself a very weird um, restriction when you're doing them, in mm. that the entire set has to fit in our admittedly large car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, um, I mean, we've got to fill a whole theatre stage with our set, but it has to yeah. fold up, so everything is hinged and collapsible, and I, I get all the PA and the whole set, um, and usually a couple of instruments, um, all in the back of our 4 before. Um, so we don't even have to have a van, so we don't have the cost of a van. And the other musicians travel in their cars and they bring their equipment with them. So uh, that's one way of saving money, um, reusing stuff, buying second-hand stuff. Um, things on stage don't have to be as precise as when they're looked at 
from close up. So you can yeah. buy seconds of stuff. It doesn't have to be perfect. People can't see that on stage. So that's fine. Same with costumes. You can buy cheap um, for Samantha. We bought cheap uh, huge ball gowns from China for 20 quid. And when you look at them, you think, yeah, it's not quite symmetrical and the <laughs> stitching's not great. But on stage, you can't see it. So no, yeah, no. stuck some shiny stuff on it yeah. and it worked perfectly. Yeah, get a glue gun, put some sparklies on and uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, so we try and take that approach with all the physical stuff, trying to be inventive and creative in the way that we can save money. And it's still expensive, but we've saved thousands and thousands by doing it that way. I know a lot of yeah. theatre shows will employ somebody else to design their set and then they'll have it built by a set building company and that will cost them a fortune i couldn't yeah i couldn't bear that <laughs> <laughs> but then i guess they know they're going to make the fortune back if you know if they're a bigger company well they they if it's a big company yes um if they're funded by the arts council then yes because that's all paid for if they're a small commercial outfit like us then it's a bit of a gamble so if you yeah. can save money might as well so that, that's one way that we save money. And as you mentioned, we do try to do everything ourselves. So the sets is one thing. But we also do a lot of our artwork ourselves, or Samantha does um, all of the artwork, really. And she's had to teach herself how to use, um, well, we use free software um, that's like Photoshop. It's called GIMP. Yeah, I've got that, but I don't know how to use it. Oh, yeah. It's not very... <laughs> user-friendly no. but it can do a lot of things it does almost everything yeah. that photoshop does and it's free yeah but you do have to spend a while learning it and it takes longer it. but after a few years we've now got to a situation where we can samantha can create our own artwork and it looks professional Thank um, you. yeah <laughs> however when we want a main image for a show the, a poster the, a poster image mm. that's going to be the real core of the show we do pay a professional graphic designer for that yeah but we get them to give it to us in what's known as layers which you can then put into GIMP and you can then shuffle your layers around and resize them and chop them and do all sorts of things and make different posters so rather yeah. than having to go back to the expensive graphic designer every time you want a different shape or size of poster Samantha can tweak the original and we can come up with our own and that saves us loads hundreds and hundreds of pounds on that yeah I guess you can use I suppose you can use um, the same uh, poster but for different venues then you can just take the text out of the layer I suppose and is that the sort of thing you you mean yeah yeah but and, even... uh, lots of different venues they want different sizes yes. they want different shapes of images for yeah. their website they yeah. might want a long thin banner image or they might want a square or whatever it is so being able to make that myself has that's mm. helped so she could she can yeah. go to the extent of taking the band that are behind her on the poster and she can put it beside her um, to make a long thin banner type image um, yeah. to uh, okay. move everything um, and as many layers as possible yeah. so um, <laughs> if you're going to get somebody to make you a big image and pay them get them to send it as layers and then you've got flexibility in the future so that's, that's yeah. a big tip for graphics we do our own website, well Samantha does our website again, free software what do you use for that? A, it's a programme uh, an app, theoretically, although I uh, do it on my laptop so it's a programme called uh, Nice Page Ah. Um, which allows you to have a free website if it's under four pages of website, which is per perfectly fine. That's plenty. Mm, Don't yeah. need many more than that. We thought there'd be lots of free software out there for making simple websites, but actually there isn't. They all have isn't. very strange restrictions. Mm. This is the best one I found. Yeah. Um, one of them, I used to use one, which I can't 
can't quite remember what it was called, but it was really, really laggy and working on it took hours. This one's a bit quicker. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but you're restricted to four pages. Restricted but to four with pages. a bit of creativeness, you can get everything you want onto four pages. Um, and that allows us control of that. Um, we bought our own domain name. Yeah. So samantha.co.uk. Uh, Quite proud was, of that. <laughs> it's very expensive because we had to buy it from somebody who already owned it. Um, uh, but it's nice and easy to remember. And I think it looks professional when you have yeah. a URL that looks like your band name. All those little things make a big difference, don't they? If, if you've got all the little things. I think we're very much of the opinion that we want to be professional. We We claim to be professional. And I think if you claim to be professional... You should be. And that means yeah. you look at every single thing you do and you think, how can I do this the very best way so that it looks good, it works, it's what the customer wants. And there's no excuse for saying, oh, I can't be bothered with that. I just won't won't try very hard. To us, that's our approach, is that everything should yeah. be right. Um, and yet still I, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I can agree with that completely up until the last bit because i feel exactly the same i should be doing more but i don't <laughs> i just don't do it i've probably exaggerated like I, said, I, own... I think there are probably things that we should be doing it is a drawback actually yeah. when you're full-time uh professional musician uh, or performers as we are there is no limit to the amount of time you can spend because there's always yeah. more promotion you can do um and so yes so it's, we could always do more but there are so many hours in the day yeah, yeah. No, I, I do agree with you. I, I do still want to learn how to use GIMP and everything. I, I, I have so many ideas. And I think I, for social media, you have to have a picture with it. You can't just have text. You have to have a picture. And I was like, I can't make that picture. <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn it. I do need to learn it. It's difficult, but I know it can be done because Samantha, one of the aspects of Samantha's autism is that she has uh, no imagination. And people say, oh, yes, I struggle to imagine things but they don't understand when i say no imagination i mean no imagination she cannot close her eyes and see an image in her head it doesn't have that part of the brain it doesn't work so yeah. for her to learn graphic design i think means that if she can do it anyone can learn it i have the opposite problem i i now have the skills to do gimp but i have no ideas <laughs> I have no artistic vision at all. I just but have to. You say oh. that, but when I say, "Can you do something like this?" Then oh, you do. If Andy gives something. me a a, a, a vague, a, what, what what would you call it? A specification or a specification? <laughs> yes. If Andy gives me his specification of what he wants, I can achieve it. And, and I can't make up the specification. But you can always own. copy other things. Oh so yeah. If you're yeah. not very artistic and creative, you can look at other posters and think, "What do I like about that?" Or I'll just do something that looks similar, but I'll put my images in and create it from scratch and it will be your own production. Yeah. Um, and so you, I don't think you have to be a great artist to make stuff that works. No, I, I agree with that. I, that's pretty much what I do. I look at somebody else's work and go, so that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do steal that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it was similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's website and posters and things. What else do we do ourselves? We... We do run our own social media and we do it really badly because we don't really understand it um, or we don't like it, which doesn't help. <laughs> I don't know. It. For me, I always feel like I'm just bothering people. <laughs> mm, I, I feel the same. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't really get social I'm, media, but I don't know. That's I'm me. quite active on Facebook, 
or yeah on on groups on groups and your discussions yeah and we do a little bit of twitter but very little and unfortunately um samantha doesn't have a phone because she doesn't like communicating another <laughs> autism thing um, so we only have one phone uh, it seems strange for a performer she's great on stage but off stage doesn't really do communication very much so we only have one mobile that's mine um and it's so old it won't run instagram so we don't do instagram <laughs> And we should. <laughs> we will once we update. But yeah, one yeah. Day I we will. I have to hesitate before ringing my own mother um, <laughs> because I find that very stressful, um, and so does she. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't do many phone calls and things. No. no. Um, yeah. So social media, we definitely fall down on, and yeah. and uh, I'm sure a lot of other people, probably rock band musicians. Are much better at that. Probably going to be better than we are at that. And we could learn a lot from them about it. We should listen to some of your (laughs) podcasts about social media. (laughs) Learn a lot. Well, I'll I'll send you the the link to the YouTube I use and I just copy his work. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. That sounds cool. (laughs) No, you can go and listen to the rest of our stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I found a lot of really good, really good stuff online as well to sort of help me. Because, like I said, we're we're learning all this stuff. We're we're trying trying to put it across in our own way as well. But yeah, it, it, there's so much to it. We, when we interestingly, when we were at um, Edinburgh Fringe, I mean, this was 2015, so the social media was still quite big um, even back then. And we tried various different ways of promoting our shows. And because we were there for 21 days in a row, wasn't it? Without yeah, a break, we every day, insane 21 days without a break. Um, wow. We got to experiment with different things to see what worked, and the things that really worked, surprisingly were a big paid advert in their booklet, which had all the shows, and we took a quarter page the in program. that. The programme. The programme, yeah. Took a quarter page in that. Um, and we handed out loads and loads of flyers, which everybody does in Edinburgh. You can't walk down the street without ending up with a bag full <laughs> of flyers at the end of it. Um, and we started off doing that quite religiously, and it made no difference at all. We stopped it for a few days, made no difference to the audience numbers. But we had loads and loads of people coming in and saying, we have seen your posters everywhere. And we had to come and see what it was all about. And we that's went we and we spent a lot of hours walking around the entirety of Edinburgh, yeah. putting posters everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> including some very, very big ones in some very in hard high, to reach places. Very high places by standing on moving wheelie bins, standing on top of them, sellotaping the poster up and then moving the wheelie bin away so nobody could put something over the top of it. Um, <laughs> so wherever you went, you couldn't fail. And we had a pavement board um, that we put venue. out an hour before our show yeah. um, that led down, because we were on a side road off the main street. Yeah. So we had a little, a lovely, little board. a lovely homeless guy who used to sit next to it and look after it for us so nobody would steal it. <laughs> Fuck about that. <laughs> <laughs> For a couple of quid, he was an invaluable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So posters, we and if we Post- when we we do a lot of local shows as well, which is probably much more appropriate to a, uh, a rock band. Um, so I should probably talk about our local arts centre. And also, fa- we did um, the comedy show, but that's okay. Oh yeah, we'll come back we'll to that. that <laughs> um, yeah, our local arts centre are quite quite friendly, um, and we tend to hire that because we have a lot of control over the marketing. If you go further afield, you're not quite sure how good a theatre is going to be at marketing your show. Some of them are terrible. Some of them are terrible. Some are really good. Some are <laughs> diabolical. But locally, we're in control. So we're prepared to hire it and take the risk and keep all the money. Because normally, if you yeah. hire a venue and it's successful, you'll do better. If it's a disaster, you'll do worse. 
because you've hired it and nobody turns up and you've lost everything and the venue hasn't because they've got yeah. their money. So um, locally we'll do that. And again, we mainly use posters. We go around all the legal poster sites and we do lots of telegraph poles, which is technically illegal, but nobody seems to mind. <laughs> but we do all of them. We, we print uh, probably 5,000 A5 flyers and take them round to all the fast food places um, Just yeah. to clarify, our town is tiny. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, we only <laughs> got well. ten thousand population. Yeah, but we do get around the whole thing. But if we were doing a bigger town, which we have done, we do the centre very similarly. Yeah, um, yeah. we put the flyers in uh, any waiting rooms, doctors' waiting rooms, dentists. That's anywhere where people have to sit and read something. Oh. Garages where people are waiting for their MOT. Um, anywhere where people will sit and read, um, and as many shops as will take them. And even places where people won't pick one up, like an estate agent, they will never put a poster in the window. But they might let you put a flyer down on the windowsill by their front door or on the desk or something like that. And we found that as people go round a town, if they see the same image four or five times as they're going round, it sticks. If they only see it once, yeah. doesn't really work. So we use the flyers very cheap um, and we put those everywhere. We put posters up wherever we can. And possibly the most cost-effective thing that we do is vinyl banners. And these are fantastically effective. And people don't really seem to realise just how good they are. But for about... I don't even know what they are. Well, a, a, <laughs> where would you normally see a banner outside a football stadium uh, or something like that? You know, I was thinking LP kind of vinyl. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big posters, but made of vinyl. Um, yeah, so yeah. we try to get something about 12, 14 foot long by about three foot deep. Um, and then you need somewhere to put it. Um, almost yeah. all the good places are illegal. So the best place <laughs> is on a railing at a T-junction or a traffic lights or a roundabout where cars go past and have to slow down or stop. Going into the town. Going yeah. into the town. Or, or at the entrance to whichever is the most popular supermarket. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> if you put it on a railing, it's probably either going to be private or council. Um, so if private, you can ask permission. Sometimes people will say yes. If it's council, it's illegal, but they rarely take them down. But what we yeah. do is we put them <laughs> up for exactly a month. So we put them up exactly a month before the show and we take them down on the night of the show, after the show. So nobody can ever accuse us of littering the yeah. town and leaving them up till they get old and tatty and yeah. making things look disreputable. We do. We, do, we look. Good. We That's look really down good. on the the permanent signs that people put out. Yeah. Um, we think you know for community reasons, signs for individual events perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Not at all illegal and perfectly fine. Yeah. And <laughs> but the big permanent ones yeah. we have a problem with because they. They make the rest of us look bad. Yes. And eventually, <laughs> and if um, you leave a banner up forever, eventually the council will come along and they'll say, this is getting out of hand. We'll take them all down and we won't let anyone protect anything again. And then yeah. they never go back on that once they've made a rule. So Yeah, they'll have their eye on you, won't they? But for 50 quid, you know, yeah. people are seeing, seeing it all day long for a month before and it really does, does help. Especially if you can then go back and put a little flash on it which says sold out. <laughs> Yeah. Extra date added or something yeah. like that. That's all yeah. tonight. Yeah, tonight. The no <laughs> yeah, do that the uh, the day before the morning of the show. Go up and put tonight on it if you haven't sold out. Um, and then we use I local radio. So we we always contact cool. local radio stations, and a lot of them are really keen to do interviews. Um, sometimes we do live sessions for them. 
Um, I'm not sure how effective local radio is. It doesn't have a lot of listeners. Quite fun. Uh, we've done BBC <laughs> occasionally as well. Sometimes they'll Sometimes. they'll take you. Yeah. More, mainly they won't, but lo- some local BBC will. Yeah. Um, but we again, we try and think of everything that we could do locally. Yeah. And um, in our local area, that's got us to a position now where any show we put on, as long as we do all this work and we do the same every single time, it always sells out. So we know yeah. we can hire the art centre, which only seats 156, <laughs> and we will make £1,000. So it's worth doing a few times a year if you can come up with a, a different angle. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's um, interesting what you said about the posters and having like having to see several and it will stick um because i think that that's something that a lot of people may may not think about like you think oh just put one one advert out or one poster um and you know it won't work but um being a postman we i had to deliver all the all the rubbish flyers oh, yeah, yeah. And, and dominoes they they send flyers to everyone every two to three weeks oh really that for, often? for that exact reason i'm sure you a lot of people out there are probably fed up with them yeah. you know, have noticed as well. But you can't but, forget uh, yeah. them. <laughs> no, it, that's exactly the reason why, yeah. In advertising, I'd heard it said that you know people have to see something four or five times before it sinks in. When I was young, yeah. I heard that. And, and the uh, same thing. The, the same image, yes. Mm. That's, that's why court brands are so rigidly controlled, because your brain has to have seen exactly the same image over and over again, and yeah. then it will settle in. But it, it does work. If you put that time in, you will get your audiences coming out. And a good show title, we always think is really important. Harder really, for a rock Really, really hard. But a good a good <laughs> rock band, probably you need a good name and logo. And I see a lot of rock band logos, which you can't read. They're so no. clever <laughs> yeah. that you think, well, that's pretty. I wonder what it says. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's very good marketing, really. <laughs> Advertisers would never do that. <laughs> they make them clean and easy to read and so uh, that's why well i'm saying this because we're setting up a local rock band for our amusement uh, which is not designed to be commercial it's just because we love rock more than we love musical theater which we do like um but we listen to rock at home that is our first love um and yeah. we finally decided to put together a, a pub type classic rock band also, yeah. because it means we can play together. Because yeah. Andy, although he is an engineer and a very organised sort of person, also secretly plays the drums. But not well enough for <laughs> a theatre work. I'm not. I'm an amateur standard, but um, yeah. I'm good enough for a pub. So, well, um, I mean, you you said in your email you picked it up only eleven. Was it eleven years ago? You said it was you about it about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I played for a couple of years with a band that never really got to do many gigs, and then I did nothing. And then I picked it up again about a year or so ago. Um, yeah. But I haven't played very much, so I'm not very good. But I do love it. And it's nice yeah. for us to do something artistic together rather than Samantha on stage and me in the sound booth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you might have said already, was it a covers band or originals band? It's covers. It's all uh, classic rock. Covers. So it's sort of Bon Jovi and um, Metallica and... Uh, Queen and Meatloaf, yeah, and, uh, and may- Guns and Roses, uh, <laughs> and maybe maybe even some Dream Theater. Maybe um, after we've got our first set under we'll our see. belt, I really want to add. Very nice. Pull me under to our set right. list. Anyway, so that's yeah. So we're going to be doing yeah. the same thing with our um, local gigs. Once we get some gigs, we'll be out there, and it might be only in a pub, but we'll still be out there putting posters up all around the place to make sure it's full. Um, yeah, yeah. That's in- so um. <clears throat> 
I found so, so yeah, so my background with um, covers band, it was a completely different atmosphere to to original. So I've I've, I've been going to original um, gigs in my hometown since I was like fifteen. Um, I went to them ten to fifteen years pretty much religiously, um, and then I got into covers bands, and it's it's different venues. It's like it's pubs who generally have sort of people who are sort of thirties to forties and maybe a bit older. But it's a completely different vibe. So I never knew anything about the covers side or covers. I can't think of the right word. But yeah, any covers bands. But when I was in a covers band, I knew everything. Yeah, you get to know who the other covers bands are, what what pubs play them. And like I said, it's just a completely different atmosphere. I did also notice, and it's something I thought about after your email, Andy. I have seen, I don't know if you've ever played any pubs, Samantha, uh, but you do have just normal singers in other pubs as well, just like standalone singers. And I've never known anything about that side of music, so I didn't know if you've you've seen much about that. If you do that kind of side of it, if you know what I'm talking about, we we um, try to steer away from uh, up till now. We've steered away from pubs with Samantha on her own there because are... they're a bit leery. Yeah, there are a couple of <laughs> right. reasons. Um, I. I'm much better at performing when I am slightly distanced from the audience. Yeah. Um, I like the fourth wall. I like the stage. It's just something about the way I perform. I prefer mm. it. And the second thing is most pubs... <laughs> I'm a loud singer. Some people are quiet yeah. singers. Some people are loud singers. I'm a loud singer. And I find a lot of pubs aren't big enough for my voice. Mm. And I don't like being background music. <laughs> so you have to... If people are talking, yeah. I get very annoyed. <laughs> They should be listening to me. So, <laughs> Told you she was a show-off. <laughs> I'm a show-off, it's terrible. I agree with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so pubs as a for a solo yeah. performance is yeah. is trickier from that perspective. Yeah. But as a, as a band, it won't be quite so bad because yeah. we will be there around. to protect our gear um, <laughs> and yes. you. Um, and we're there to have a lot of fun as well and for the thrill of performing together. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that will compensate for some of the yeah. other downsides. I've definitely seen some um, solo performers with, with backing tracks performing in pubs. We've gone to see them. Mm. And I often feel really sorry for them yeah. because they're having to do so much management of you know, people just putting drinks down mm. on their expensive equipment and trying to steal the microphone yeah. and stuff. And I just, yeah. oh, I couldn't. I need that separation. Yeah. That is hard work. <laughs> yeah. Can you sing Ooh. Let It Go from Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> and requests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's no, not, it, um, it's like not in said, the set I, list. Oh, go on. Oh, go on, please. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I've just sort of thought to myself after your email, where did these people come from? And <laughs> and how do they sort of climb up the ladder? Is this is this the start of some kind of ladder for a specific type of music? Or uh, But I didn't know. So before, yeah, before we started chatting, I didn't know if that's the sort of thing you did or not. Yeah, um, no, it, it tends to be a separate strand. They, if you're thinking of the tribute um, performers who play yeah. pubs, there are a lot of them. It's a, it's like a separate uh, industry almost. Yeah. Most of them are not full time, so most of them have a, a job, and then they'll do Friday and Saturday nights as a as a tribute act. But there are a yeah. lot of very small booking agents that maybe only cover a part of a county. So they, they go around the pubs and they say, look, I can get you a tribute act every week. Just leave oh, it to okay. me. But they generally not very professional. They don't pay very well. Um, so these acts, you know, they're probably, they might be earning 100 
125 quid a night, which is quite nice if you've got another job, but it's not really enough to turn in a fully rounded professional performance. So a lot of them are not particularly high standard. But against that, the audiences often don't care. They're quite drunk. Yeah. They love the songs. And so they're, what they're getting is what they're really happy with. Yeah. Um, not, it, that sounds like we're looking down on it. That's not what we're saying. We're no, just no, saying it's, it's just not different. What, I it's not professional. Like that at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's it's a way of uh, yeah. It is having a, fun and earning money by doing performing. Yeah, but it's tough um, because yeah. a lot of them are on their own. So they've got their little mixing desk beside them. They've got to carry all their own gear. Um, a lot of them are female, and so they've got to do all of that lugging stuff and looking after themselves because the bar staff don't seem Often to don't, yes. don't care to yeah. about them care for them um so it's a tough tough life um but it can be quite financially rewarding yeah yeah i suppose if you get enough enough gigs but yeah i i, I like i said i've never seen one but um i can i can get why it would be tough from what you're saying yeah although to be fair we have only done two weddings and mm. we found almost the same thing at the first wedding we did. The second one was for a friend. Yeah. But the first one, we, the people who were at the wedding, they were very lovely and we, we talked to them a lot beforehand. But once we were there, they didn't care about us. They weren't interested in what we were doing. Even though they particularly chose me because they wanted the style of music. Mm. They were letting oh. their kids run across the, the staging area. People were knocking into things and stepping on wires and, and yeah. being disrespectful. And we just said, we're not doing weddings anymore no, 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 no. <laughs> for that reason. Because we were trying yeah, to take it seriously yeah. and they yeah. wanted just something they in the background. something, something different. different. It's yeah. horses for courses. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some people we, love weddings. We have four, four speakers in our PA mm. and they cost £1,000 each. And Samantha's microphone is £850. So it's, it's, a, it's a really nice microphone. It's a great microphone. Um, now, in a theatre, <laughs> nice. that means that we can fill a 3,000-seat theatre with our own PA, which will go in the back of my car. It's tiny, yeah. but it's very expensive. Um, but it's absolutely perfect it's really for what good. we do, and they get an utterly clear sound. There's no mushiness. It's really pure and clear. And Samantha is a, a technically... Uh, specific singer so when she's doing musical theatre and stuff you want to hear the words and people yeah. often come up after the shows and say you know I've never heard the words to that song before now I know what they are um, whereas <laughs> with rock music you don't need that precision so nah. it's a, you need volume you need a certain amount of clarity but it doesn't have to be quite the same so if we take our very expensive theatre gear into a pub um, it's just not worth the risk so nah. it's horses for courses Yeah. if we could afford another complete set of gear <laughs> then it would be different <laughs> cool uh what else do we have here anyways if you want to refer your uh listeners to an ebook that i wrote which it's is free. it's free it's on our website and it's about how to tour theaters so a lot of it is yeah. relevant to everybody i have to it check is. it's on the website actually no, it thinking is. about it is it on unless yeah i told you not to delete I didn't. In the home. It's on. It's on the server. But is there a link on the website? No, you need a direct. Link. Oh, right, yeah, direct um, link. I'll send okay. you a link. Um, you can't okay. find it from the website, but you can find it if you type the link in. Um, and it's okay. everything we've learned about how to be a successful touring musician with theatre shows. So it's theatre shows, not music, um, specifically. But a lot of it is still relevant. So all the stuff about it, the posters and links to where you can buy cheap printing 
Um, so the cheapest vinyl banners, for instance, come from Italy, bizarrely. Um, and, <laughs> you know, the cheapest uh, paper print is a solo press online. You can order it online, upload your pictures, and it's really yeah. cheap compared with everybody else. So lots of all, basically everything that we've learned that we think we can pass on um, is in that ebook. And I'm quite happy for people to um, read it and hopefully they get something from it. If you, if you like fringe events, um, there's not a huge amount of music at fringe events. It tends to be mainly theatre and stand-up, but they will have everything. They do have bands. So if you, okay. if you like fringes, then think about that. The biggest is Edinburgh. The second biggest is Brighton, I think. Um, then Shaftesbury. And then Shaftesbury. <laughs> but there are loads and loads of fringe festivals happening around the country if you yeah. search them out. And you probably will have to pay a small amount to go in the programme, but that's what brings your audience in. Um, yeah. And so that's how you it's make... It's a marketing. It's cost. a marketing. You're paying for marketing, which is, is valid. And also international. So we went to some, the South African National Arts Festival in Grahamstown and did a week there. Samantha did a... <laughs> Uh, it was called Samantha's Dubious History of Musical Comedy. Um, I wasn't going to claim that it was the perfect the history. No. history. Um but we did um, musical th- uh, musical theatre mostly because that's where most of it is. But um, musical comedy from Gilbert and Sullivan to present day Tim Minchin and everything um, in between, um, yeah. and a bit of puppetry and all yeah, sorts God, of things. It was everything. Um, it was good fun. And that was really good fun to travel to South Africa, be involved in yeah. a, a foreign arts festival. Um, it was like a holiday with a bit of work in the yeah. middle. It was really good. It's a tax-deductible holiday. <laughs> mm, very nice. <laughs> nice. I enjoyed that. And we also did a gig um, in Japan. Uh, somebody invited us over there. But Japan's really tough because, um, unlike our theatres, they don't book anything. If you want to do a theatre show in Japan, you pay for the theatre, you pay for the technicians, you organise your own marketing and the theatre is basically just a big box that they will hire to you. So it's extremely difficult to make right. money out there unless you've got a promoter that's going to organise all that for you and take you over there. But it was an amazing Luckily, we had a audience. friend who lives out there. Yes, <laughs> but the audiences are fantastic. They just mm. love music, absolutely adore it. The weirdest thing about Japan, though, is, and luckily we were warned beforehand by our friend, if they're enjoying what you're they're doing, seated. if they're seated, um, and they're enjoying what you're performing, and they're really listening to the performance, they will all sit back in their chair, drop their chin, and close their eyes, and it looks like the entire audience is asleep. <laughs> well, actually, they're just doing that to concentrate yeah. really hard on your music. And then yeah. at the end of the show, suddenly they all wake up and you get massive applause. And, you think, and they oh, all want to shake your hand afterwards, yeah. and they all want autographs. Yeah. You have to write on specific placards. That's a thing in Japan. It's yeah. very odd. Very um, but it, it was really, really lovely. But if I hadn't been warned beforehand, I would have thought the entire audience was asleep. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah, not no, the same crazy. for rock music, but um, <laughs> for theatre. It was very funny. But they are really great audiences out there. If if anyone gets the chance, I would really recommend going out there. Yeah. Is is there anything you used, Andy, to sort of help you to learn all of the things that you had to learn? Uh, Or was it just a bit of everything? That's an interesting question. Um, Because I'm getting on a bit, um, I've done a lot of different things in my life. Uh, So although I've worked in engineering, I've also worked as a management consultant And I've run a few different uh, uh, weird businesses like uh, riding clothing and published a board game. And so I've 
I actually have a lot of experience of different types of industry. I just didn't know anything about the arts industry. But yeah. there's still yeah. a lot of transferable knowledge. So marketing is marketing pretty much wherever you go. Um, yeah. But I also have found that whenever I go into a new business, there are a lot of people out there who are very happy to help you with knowledge, especially if it's because you're going to do business with them. So if you want to know right. about printing, for instance, if you talk to a printer, they will help you to learn everything you need to know because they would like you to place an order with them one day. So it's in their interests to be helpful rather yeah. than um, difficult. And you might think, oh, no, they want to keep all the knowledge themselves so that they've got control in the negotiations. I haven't found that. I've found that people are generally really helpful. So I just ring people up a lot and say, look, I'm new to this. <laughs> new to this industry. Um, I really don't know anything. Can you tell me the basics? And usually they're quite pleased to do that. I guess it's not too much different to this podcast. I just rang you up and gone, tell me how, tell me what you've done. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's why um, yeah. we're so keen to give that information out. We want yes. other people to succeed yeah. because other people yeah. have helped us. We, we yeah. want to be helpful. Performers are probably the least cooperative, actually. In our experience, we've come across an awful lot who will clam up immediately if they think you're a potential competitor. Then they won't help at all. They'll go out of their way to be extractive, which is weird. It's something I've not really come across in life before. And you'd think the arts would, <laughs> it wouldn't be like that. But If you're working on the same production or the same task, performers are lovely and yes. everyone will chip in and we'll all help each other and the show will go on. Yes. If you're a comp competition, however, yeah. not, not no, the same not, thing. Not quite the same. <laughs> No, it's that's something that I find really strange because I, there, there isn't really, there can't be much competition in music, really. You know, you can like one band and you can like another band. I guess if you're doing a similar show, you know, if you've got a show on the same night as somebody else, it's competition. But generally, there isn't. You know, I've, I've come, I, I, I was learning all about escape rooms because I wanted my, my own escape room. And, and you would think, you know, escape rooms are in competition with each, with each other but they're not you know you want to be friends you want somebody else to succeed in the same town because people will, will enjoy it if they go to them first and then they'll come to you after because they can't do the room again so people view competition too much i think they well they, they, they assume there's competition there when they shouldn't be when you're a potential employee it's slightly different so if you're auditioning for the same role then there's yeah. a very definite competition. And so that's fair enough. In, in our show world, as opposed to just music world, it's slightly different from, yeah. from music because all performers are in competition for roles. So they, they, if they, we've had quite a lot of situations when we, certainly when we started out, when Samantha was un, completely unknown, where people would say, oh, Wes, why don't you come and do a song or something? And then as soon as they discovered that she was as good as them or better, um, Suddenly, we've had people actually just walk off and turn their back on us and never talk again because they've discovered that she's good and they, they won't have it. This is yeah. scary. <laughs> so that's very surprising. Yeah, can't, can't be doing with that. So that's one of the reasons I wrote this ebook because I thought, you know, all this stuff that I've struggled to find out, I want to make absolutely sure other people have access to it because why yeah. not? Life's more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you did send me the link to that, Samantha. Um, I tried opening it. I think I had an old phone at the time. I got a new one a couple of weeks back, but I had no way of reading it at the time, I don't think. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I will look through it, though. It's it's boring uh, and dry definitely. because it's just loads and loads <laughs> of information compressed into the smallest possible space I could come up with. 
but it's, it's there's good stuff in there if you can make yourself read it. It's not yeah. entertainment. I mean, but, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> but if you're trying to be successful in music, then you should be trying to learn as much as possible anyway. You know, nobody, nobody knows everything. I think it's tough because people who are artistic and creative and musical are often not as um, business-minded by nature because it's a different part yeah. of the brain. So we're very lucky that Samantha is completely um, artistic-related and I'm not really very much at all. Um, but yeah. to try and get all of that in one person is very difficult. So in a band, I think you need... Oh, that's something else we should mention in a moment. Um, in a band, it's very, you're very lucky if you've got somebody who's good at the organisation and somebody else who's good at the creative side. Um, But that just reminded me that we're very strongly of the opinion that every creative, whether it's a band or an individual, should have an external judge. If that's a manager, that's great. Or if not, it's somebody who is brutally honest. So that's my job. Emphasis on the brutal part. (laughs) Yes, because there is no point in saying to somebody, oh, you're awesome, you're amazing, if they're not. Because you're not yeah. doing them any favours. And we've come across it all the time. There is no chance when we go to a pub and we sometimes we see a band and the singer, we can hear the potential in their voice, um, but they're completely untrained and they're not doing a very good job of it. But they've got their raw talent. And we've discovered quite quickly, you cannot go up to anybody and say, did you know you've got loads of talent? If you, if you just had a couple of lessons, you could bring it all out. And they go, what, are you saying I can't sing? And it's very frustrating because um, I'm Samantha's uh, musical director. Musical director, we call it, if you want to be grand. <laughs> but everything she does, I listen to it from an audience point of view. I try to be the audience. Um, yeah. And if something's not quite right, then I tell her and we try and put it right rather than just not worry about it. And, and he's incredibly picky. It comes down to, you didn't pronounce that vowel correctly. It, it should be more ah, not quite so ah. No, get it right. But I love that. It's so, so useful. And then I know that it doesn't sound quite right and I can amend it. Or he'll tell me, you know, the tone on that is a bit harsh. Can we just change the tone slightly? Is it possible? Of course, Sometimes it's not we're possible. now into autistic territory again because Samantha does like that level of detail and in most performers it's not necessary. But I think yeah. it is important to have somebody to be able to say, did you know when you sing that bit of that verse, you're flat? And because yeah. if nobody tells you, you'll you never know? know. How can you get it better? And if you don't want to get it right, I don't think you can call yourself a professional. No, I completely agree with that as well. Um, one thing one thing I've learned is that you should never ask for critical... What's the right word? Critical... Feedback. You should never ask criticism? for feedback from your friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's basically what I've heard, uh, because he, even if they want to be, like you said, brutally honest or, or even like not so brutally honest, they probably won't, you know. Um, they don't want to fall out. Yeah. Nah. That's why you have to designate someone. Yeah. You, everything you say, yes. I won't be offended. And actually then don't be offended. That's the tricky bit. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything that was wrong with it. Don't say anything nice. Yeah. And that yeah. can be really useful. That's, I mean, a manager is a very good mm. person to have for that reason. As bands, I think, often think they don't need a manager. But even if it's just somebody who has a bit of a managerial input, for them to stand back and say, you know, I was watching the crowd from the back and did you know that song doesn't work? I know you all love it, but they hate it. Um, yeah. And you really shouldn't be doing it. That sort of feedback is... You don't have to go with what they say, but you need that 
knowledge so you can make your decisions, I think. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I wanted to go back and ask you, um, Samantha, about your singing as well. That's something I thought about after the email as well, because you said, how, how long had you been singing before you actually had lessons? All your life? or Yeah, pretty much all my life. I have a fairly musical family in that um, if we're travelling somewhere in the car or we're waiting for something, we will have music on and we will all sing along to it. Um, nobody in my yeah. family really plays instruments or creates music, but we all sing a bit for fun as a group. Um, like the Von Trapp singers. From <laughs> a little bit. I, I have... From Sound of Music. <laughs> four younger sisters. So there are a lot of us. Um, <laughs> so we all sing and it's good fun. Um, so I've been singing forever. Um, and at school, I really enjoyed the musicals our school put on. I was a member of the choir very early just because I, I thought it was really good fun. I've always really enjoyed singing. Um, I never got any big parts or anything, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I won't talk about all the uh, horrible not, not related, nepotism involved. Not related to um, the teacher, so. <laughs> there was a bit of that going on. There was a bit. But it was a very good school for the the musicals they put on were really good. They put a lot of concerts on. Mm. So there's a lot of singing opportunity. Um, of course, I was advised by my careers counsellor at school that I should do an academic thing and not to do music at all, to the point where even though I elected to do music at GCSE, they didn't give it to me as an elective, they gave me a different one, and I had to go in on the first day of school and complain. <laughs> did, you, did you manage to get it after that? Did I did. I had to see the head yeah. of music, but I did get it done yeah. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my parents um, were of the same thought, you know, get a real job, as it were. And your career advisor said, don't dream about doing music that's just a ridiculous fantasy you have to go and get a job in a call center or something along those lines i was 19 when we met yep. um i had been temping for a few years out of school um i was terrible at it uh all of it everything i tried it was really strange <laughs> um and and then yeah so i started lessons when i was about yeah 20 mm. Yeah, so not not really trained at all until mm, then, just yeah. sung just for, for fun. fun. Mm. Although I have to say that what Samantha did get from school, she had a very fierce um, director for the musicals, and mm. he was very good at um, impressing on her basic stage uh, ethics, if you like. Two very good ones. Head of music was excellent, and the mm. head of drama also. Um, they both directed different parts, obviously. But the yeah, basic stuff like um, always look happy, stage face as they call yeah. it. You know, it doesn't matter how miserable you're feeling, it's your job to entertain your audience. So you must keep your stage face, never turn your back on the audience, always be quiet in the wings, all this sort of really basic stuff, which is now so ingrained because you learned it very young, yeah. that it makes the stage work much easier. Um, so that was a, a very and good thing to treating learn. everything as a performance, even if you're not... If you're theoretically or not visible, for example, we had a lot of... Um, concerts where there would be different we had two different choirs in the school they were music groups and when we we were all on stage the whole time though so when someone else was performing you were still on view and they were very fierce about that you know you're not sitting there chatting quietly to a friend while the the flutes are performing you've got to be you're still in view so you have to be performing if you're not we will take you off stage and you will not perform so, <laughs> so that was quite useful yeah, I mean, watch the other musicians and, and yeah. uh, act as if you're really enjoying what they're doing, even if you're hating it, because mm. you're part of the show, you're on show, so you yeah. have to yeah. act something. And that stuff's really useful. That's really useful, yeah. yeah. You see that, we see that even in other professional shows that we've seen, 
Um, but they don't do that. Um, we see people looking bored or, you know, one looking up into the, the, the lights in the top of the theatre. <laughs> um, and they're just not not doing a job. So we're, very, we're very strict about that. Sort yeah. Of cool. Yeah, no, I think I was just um, just curious because of... Uh, I, I, when I, well, what, I learned music in college and I was... I think I was quite good at math, so I really enjoyed the music theory side of it. And and I think with things like guitar, people can learn to play the guitar without knowing the theory. I think when I was growing up, I thought you need to know the theory. But I think pe- people have proved that wrong and been amazing without knowing the theory. Uh, did How much were you taught about singing with, with the, like, including the theory? Or did you, were, you just, were you just naturally good at it? You know, were you... I don't know, singing enough <laughs> to know the, the right words. <laughs> I know what you mean. Skill versus talent, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For singing in particular, which is the only instrument I actually do very well, I have taken up the guitar, but I'm not very good at it, um, there is a big difference between skill and talent. And the way I tend to describe this, because I, I teach beginners um, singing, is that the people who seem to have a lot of talent in singing are people who guessed some of the techniques correctly when they were very little or they did a lot yeah. of it and got better at it. People who don't sing so much when they're younger or they never happen to stumble upon the correct techniques for breathing or projecting or whatever it happens to be that they're struggling with, they won't be as good at singing automatically because it is the techniques that cause good singing. Mm. Whether you've yeah. learned them in a more structured environment or whether you've accidentally come across them as people do, you know, you, you stumble upon, Oh, that felt better when I did it like that. So I'll do it like that. Um, yeah. So that's, I think yeah. the, the technique, especially in singing, cause that's what I know about is so important. The correct way of breathing to get as much energy as you can from the body projecting properly so that you're not mumbling um, through your songs and just the mm. amount of power you can get out of your voice that way, whether you're a quiet singer or a loud singer, um, is so much better with that little bit of technique. I don't know that you necessarily have to do a master's in singing to be a good singer, yeah. um, but I think you mm. do need the basic techniques. That was your three years of that training. That was my three years of training. Was, was skill and technique. But what she won't say is that she has the talent behind that because some people are just born and they're very lucky and they with training they can be reach the top of the tree and there are other people yeah. uh, michael crawford's a particular example he has no singing talent whatsoever but he spent so much time learning the techniques that he ended up a good singer he will never be as good as somebody who had natural talent but you know you could he's an example of somebody who started with nothing and ended up good enough to be on the west end stage absolutely amazing guy just just in all working what is, really hard working really hard um but samantha had had the talent but without the techniques on top she would never have reached where she is now so what i heard in the car was raw talent um yeah but with the training and what a lot of singers don't realize is that it doesn't take a huge amount of training to get you to somewhere much better than where you are now so i mentioned before that we hear pub singers sometimes or you know any singer and we think, oh, if just, they've just had a few lessons, they'd be so much better. And a lot of people don't realise that with two or three lessons, um, you can really transform your vocal performance. With a good teacher. With a good, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, yes. There are a lot, of, issue. <laughs> a lot of very shady teachers out there. But with a good one, yes, you can really transform it. And, and it seems strange to us that people will often take lessons in guitar or keyboard or a physical instrument 
who will resist having a lesson for their voice, which seems extremely odd and such a shame because you can get more out of a couple of lessons for your voice probably than you would from a couple of lessons of guitar. Um, so we're, yeah. we're great enthusiasts for vocal coaching. We think it's if it's done well, it can really help people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an awful singer, but I have, I have often, often wondered, am I actually a good singer that hasn't had any lessons yet? You know, if I knew the right technique, I'd probably not. But, uh, you know. If you listen to toddlers singing, they're all in tune. And yet when they grow up, most of them are no longer in tune. So we all are born yeah. with the ability to sing, all of us. Maybe one in a million have some sort of physical defect and they can't <laughs> sing in tune. But it's so rare that you might as well just discount that and just say everyone can sing. They just It's like everyone can play the guitar, but not until they've learnt. And it's yeah. the same with singing. If you're taught, you can sing. Everyone can sing. So you could, definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> Although it's, it's definitely true that people who start at a talent level are probably going to be more enthused yeah. to take lessons and learn and so they'll learn faster yeah, yeah, because they've yeah. already got a good basis and all that stuff sure, definitely yeah. if you're starting from a place where you you're not confident in your voice that's mm. so much harder to as a place to start from than if you're very confident because it's already coming out reasonably well so yeah, i mean there are right. you know <laughs> there are levels yes but everyone could learn to sing in tune yep with pitching and tone, where you go to after that is a different thing. Yeah. So t tone deaf is not a thing. No. And it's a great nah. shame. Unless you're actually deaf. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pity that so many people use it as a term and it's kind of accepted, mm. um, but it's, it exists, but it doesn't. Um, and it's, it's sure just it very, very few people. Yeah, the one in a million. Yeah. But it, it's very frustrating that people use it all the time um, as if that's not quite an excuse for not learning, but. You know, lots of people will say, oh, there's no point in you teaching me on tone deaf. Um, yeah. And it just isn't true. Unless they just don't want to learn, which no, is which fine. Totally fine. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be a singer. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's most of the time that's down to confidence. You know, they don't want, you know, they haven't got the confidence to sing in the first place. But so the little bits that they do, they think, oh, I sound awful. So they lack the confidence still. Definitely. Confidence yeah. is the yeah. big thing in singing. Yeah. You cannot sing well if you're not singing fully with projection and theoretically confidence. Mm. You can't sing well without that. That's that's one of the main problems of singing, yeah. <laughs> trying to overcome the confidence problem. Yeah. Ah. And it, there's sort of two things that really make a singer, and you can almost in five minutes you can transform <laughs> your voice. Um, one of them is breathing deeply. So when you're breathing while you're singing, breathe deeply as if you're about to dive underwater and you need to hold your breath. That's how deep you should be breathing every time you breathe. And that's a hard knack to get into. But if you do yeah. that, and the second thing is don't rely on the microphone, pretend you haven't got a microphone and sing to the person at the back of the room and let the sound engineer work out <laughs> at what the volume should be. Um, don't yeah. you do it by singing quietly to the microphone and expect him to turn you up. If you just do those two things as a singer, it transforms almost everybody's performance. There are techniques, Often. of course. There's a lot of yeah. other stuff. Yeah. But those, <laughs> that's those, the first thing. That's, that's a five-minute vocal lesson from somebody who isn't a vocal coach but has sat in on hundreds of lessons. <laughs> awesome. We should probably probably start to wrap it up there. We're, we're at about an hour and a half now. But, uh, yeah, so before we go, I think, we've, I think we've covered pretty much everything that you sent in the email. Um, like you said, there's probably loads more that you do. But I hope... Um, People listening have been able to take something away from this. Uh, 
whatever you're trying to do, whether you're trying to get a band up and going or or similar um, to Samantha and Andy. And yeah, like I said, we should wrap it up there. Do you want to tell the listeners what you've got coming up? If you've got any any shows, any tours coming up and where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best place to find out what's going on is at my website, as we mentioned earlier, samantha.co.uk. Um, <laughs> say that with such confidence. Couldn't be easier to um, remember. Yeah. Um, our next performance is our Dusty Silla Lulu and Petula Clark show. Next which weekend. Is next weekend. In Totten, just outside Southampton. What's the date of that? I can't remember Give if it's Friday or Saturday. It's uh, Friday or Saturday. I think it's Saturday. I think it's the 19th. Ah, yeah. And then the weekend after that, we've got another couple. We've got one in Romsey. What was the date of the first one? Sorry. Just in case people are listening to this a week after or something. Yeah. While she's looking that up, um, there's another little snippet you might want to add in. Um, if we can help anybody in any way at all, we're really happy for people to send us questions or comments. So if anyone wants to contact us on the website, samantha.co.uk, or on Facebook, where if you search Samantha Singer, um, you may find us there. Dramatic picture of her in her cabaret guise if you're looking for the right icon. Um, but either of those methods, get in touch if you've got any questions. We we just love passing on anything we've learned, so we're very happy to chat to anybody. So the dates. Yeah. Yeah. Our next gig is Dusty Silla Lulu and Pet, um, which is on the 12th of March at Hangar Farm Arts Centre in Totten. Which is near Southampton in Hampshire. Indeed it is. Yeah. And then we've got the following weekend, we're in Romsey, also in Hampshire, and then Eastbourne, aren't we, the day after? Um, and, uh, well, we've got various other ones coming up through the year, but they're all on the website, samantha.co.uk. Yeah. That's the easiest place to get the up-to-date information. Cool. Um, and so we've said about your ebook. Um, any shout-outs you want to give before you go? One person we would really like to recommend is if you're anywhere in the South Hampshire area and you want vocal coaching there's a teacher called Jodie Elms who taught Samantha and she is lovely she is also the best coach we've come across we've tried many and she is absolutely outstanding so recommend her without hesitation she also does um voice coaching for speaking as well um and um sort of therapy stuff so she's really really excellent she's so lovely and she's Mm. a brilliant teacher so encouraging so yeah Jodie Elms her business is sing 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 yes it is yes, it is. <laughs> yes. and all of this information will be in in the show notes and the episode notes as well so you can go and just check them and just click the link uh when you when you see them there and yeah so we're we're gonna have to say goodbye to you guys now and i'll get back to the rest of the episode with simon but yeah so a massive massive thank you to samantha and andy for coming on hopefully you've given some people some great information to help them further their career oh we're so glad you invited us it's been loads of fun hasn't it yeah i hope we've helped somebody thank you so much for talking to us thank you yeah Yeah. thank Thank you very very much much. bye-bye again thank you to samantha and andy that was an amazing interview i hope you all enjoyed it and i hope you've managed to take something from it simon hasn't hasn't actually had the time to listen to it yet because i only finished editing it this afternoon so uh is is yeah it's not simon's fault it's um so I'm going to be listening to it. Whether were you guys listening to it? Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, but I wanted to talk to him about it in this bit, but it doesn't help that he hasn't listened to it. So, so I I've written down, I wrote down a few things uh, that I just wanted to talk about, and I'll try and explain them as I go as well, <laughs> which is 
which is going to be interesting. No, it'll be fine. So, yeah, like I said, they, they Samantha and Andy do musical theatre stuff, and it's mo- well, it's pretty much all. It's like a tribute act, you know. It's it's a lot of covers. They they, they pick a specific singer, say, and then just make a show around it. Yeah. One was Vera Lynn, which I honestly don't know much about. Yeah. So so they just did a show because it was their hundredth birthday around Vera Lynn, and then and they'll just book art centres or or sort of village halls around the country and take their set and set it up. And it's just the two of them from the outside. They seem as professional as any other production production company, which I think is amazing. So it just goes to show that any up-and-coming band can look and be professional, even without sort of the management taking them through it, you know. Uh, but uh, I was, one thing that came up was um, Samantha said some people can be a bit volatile towards tribute acts, which is uh, mm. pretty ludicrous, I think, to be honest. I, I never actually saw anything like that or heard it had it heard any had anybody say to me when i was a a sound guy for a covers band for, for a couple of years have you witnessed anything like that or you know i'm sure I, you're I, fine. I feel like people like all the people that do you know like covers and like you said like these guys that are doing you know like productions and stuff of other people's i, th- I feel like people f- feel like they're they're lesser because it's not their stuff when in fact they're not at all like i've seen some incredible yeah. musicians playing in back, you know, cover bands and all sorts of stuff. So it really depends what you want out of, you know, some people, you know, you, you can certainly make, we've, I'm sure we've spoken about this before. You can certainly make more money in a cover band than you can in a, in a normal band because yeah. people will p- literally pay you to play other people's so- you know, famous songs. Yeah. Um. So for, for some people, you know, they love it as from a musician standpoint, you get to play all this cool stuff and normally everyone knows the words already or, yeah. You know, it, like these guys, if you're doing like a performance, it's something that people will know or something that, you know, is al- already there. So, yeah, I think it's cool, man. I've n- I've never really heard any negative stuff. I have probably heard a few people being like, oh, oh, they're a fucking cover band. Yeah. Or, you know, just a bit of negativity. But I've never heard any, any more than that, I would say. Yeah. But, yeah, I've seen That's some great. banging stuff. So, yeah, like I love it. It's great, especially if you're really pissed up. And a, a really decent covers band starts playing some great stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. It puts you in like a fantastic mood. Yeah, it's wicked. But I, I, but yeah, there's there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, nah. Like, my, actually, do you know what? Perfect example. Of this. We saw a Limp Biscuit cover band at the Frog and Fiddle in Cheltenham, and they were incredible, right? And then my brother was like, nah, that's shit. I don't want to see a cover band. Yeah. It's exa- his exact words. Literally, like two weeks ago, he's like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to see any cover bands. And there's like a Linkin Park one and a Biffy Clyro one playing, and we go to the frog and watch these cover bands because they're, you know, some of them are a bit shitty, but some of them are really cool. So, yeah, you know, you never really know what you're going to get, but some when they're really good, it's it's sick. It's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I'm all for it, but yeah, I'm not negative towards it. Cool. And, and you're not, so... Yeah, you yeah. know, I didn't think you would be. No. But yeah, no, well, one argument I've seen for it as well is like some people just enjoy playing covers, you know? It's, it's, mm. you, you don't have to be be able to write your own music to enjoy playing an instrument to be in, to enjoy singing nope yeah it's, i think it's fine but yeah that's just yeah. something i wanted to bring up i i, like I, said, I knew you'd be fine with it <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. something that they yeah. spoke about that i wanted to get your input or overview okay uh, yeah something man. view yeah take on another thing they spoke about was um how they advertise uh for for their for their shows 
and um, one of the main things that helps them is flyers flyers and posters and and i thought that was interesting it, it makes sense i'm not sure how many people think about doing it anymore in the age of uh social media if people even bother to go out and get flyers and put them around town maybe not mm. in like a metal band just to play like a one-off show in that town but yeah yeah but if it's a bit um, a bit um less metal <laughs> i can't think of the right word yeah it might work but um yeah just i think one of the things they'd said was just well, along the lines of just thinking outside of the box for for however you can market your show, and and I think that there's so many things you could do uh, to to help yourself mm. grow as well. I mean, you, you can uh, you, you don't have to just chuck stuff on social media, hope people like it, mm. and if they don't, pay some money to boost it and hope those people like it. Um, it depends on how much effort I think you're willing to put in. If 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 you want to get all these things made and do that extra, hey, if you get an extra one, two, three, four people at your show, sometimes that can make all the difference. Like we've said before, the greatest thing you can have is word of mouth. Yeah. If you use one flyer to get say two p a couple to come, and then they say, oh, these people are really good, and then they check them out, or they come to the gig next time, and then it just goes on and on. It's like that bit in Waynesville, isn't it? And they tell their friend. And they tell their friend, and he tells his friend, and then it just keeps, and so on, and so on, every, you know, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah. Like, I was going to say, I'm making, like, dear download cards, and I'm walking around the entirety of the campsite of download, handing them out to people yeah. when I'm absolutely trashed. So, we're going to be doing the exact yep. same thing. So, it, <laughs> I like it, though. It just depends on the amount of effort you want to put in. But like you said, I think these things, there's still something in them if you do them right yeah you can still gain stuff from them because people are so bored of you know just social media and all that stuff and obviously it's the biggest tool because you can reach the maximum amount of people but yeah. it's not everything you don't it's not everything that you have to do you can be doing other things at the same time yeah and that can definitely be one of them yeah totally awesome yeah no i i thought about doing the flyers for download as well only after speaking to them though uh, i hadn't mm -hmm. already thought of it so yeah it's an awesome idea i i deliver to a printers actually on one of my one of my deliveries so i'll, I'll just have a chat with them next time and, nice uh, yeah we'll get some like cards or flyers made up and we'll go and we'll just yeah. annoy every single person at that yeah also uh <laughs> if anybody listening out there wants to put one on their car on the way to download i'm definitely gonna be doing that you know you get the honk if you're horny for download yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to have our poster next to that nice, as well. Nice. Um, Honk if you're horny for deer download. For deer download. Boom! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, anybody listening, I will send you a couple of posters to put in your car on the way to download. Um, don't let me forget about this. There's a good chance I will in a couple of months' time. So, <laughs> yeah, let me know and I will send them to you. I get free stamps. It doesn't cost me a thing. Um <laughs> I, I've been getting free stamps every year since I've been a postie almost 10 years and I use like three. I get 50 a say, year. Because he's use... in the business, boy. You get me. We've got inside, got inside money. You get me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just um, just thinking out of the box in general for advertisement. I mean, it, they, they said they put like posters uh, like really high up. They moved a bin 
to get a poster up and then move the bin out of the way so nobody can go up and put a poster over it. <laughs> and um, I, I love that. I mean, I, I, I've been a fan of thinking out of the box for a long time. You know, you know when you get those nine dots and it says, um, join these in four lines. You can't, um, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. leave it. And, be, and one of the lines has to go out of the box to come down again. The, when I saw that for the first time ever, that just blew my mind. And I have <laughs> literally, I, I've tried to think outside of the box my whole life since then. Like just trying to think of something yeah. different, something. That is a good little bit of like mind play there. I like it. Yeah. Kind of opens you up to thinking, shit, let's think outside the box a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Why someone tells you in the box, why am I in this box? Yeah. It's like, there's That's a solution, cool, I like but it. I cannot think of it. Why? It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, mind blown. So yeah, I'll, I'll try to do things a bit differently. For, the, for this show as well um or i thought differently i haven't put them all into action yet but <laughs> i need time for oh, that well just the beginning mate yeah was there anything else i wanted to bring up from the interview um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> one of the things andy said was uh about just phoning people and asking them if if you're not sure about uh about how something works like he, the example he, he used was the, like a printer's and he he said like I I'm going to spend money with you, uh, well I'm hoping to spend money with you, but I don't know much about this industry how it all works. Can you tell me just on the phone? <laughs> it's like and if you're going to spend money with nice. someone, they they're happy to to tell you, to you how it all goes. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. man. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I might just start phoning people, uh, <laughs> just asking how things work. Just expect everyone to get a fucking call from a from a strange man called Adam asking you how your industry works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, right, so, um, we, we, we spoke about doing a, a wrestling episode, didn't we? I think we're going to do yeah. uh, RIP next and then a wrestling next episode. I'm going to, I'm going to phone Chris Jericho and say, look, can you talk to me about AEW? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Could you imagine that? Holy shit. But yeah, I think, uh, there, there was one, I think that that's all the notes I had written down. This was only meant to be like a short section because it was a long, long interview with them. So this, if we record for too long, this um, episode is going to be incredibly long. It will be go ridiculous. Oh, cool. Well, let's just, if there's any, if there's nothing else you want to speak about, we'll just go to the outro, dude. Yeah, yeah. Probably haven't got time to do Campsite Fuckery. And as I said, the next episode is going to be about... R.I.P. Which... You said you've done loads of research about, which is awesome. And you've got all of those Facebook comments to read out as well. Yeah, we got loads of stuff for the next one, dude. I've done all my homework on all the RIP, all the different types, all the costs, everything, so we can discuss all that. Yeah. Um, And then I've just got like testimonies from people on how they felt about it. So then we can give our general thoughts about the whole RIP thing. So, yeah, Yeah. looking forward to that because it's... um, something that's widely discussed on all of the uh, facebook groups on reddit the download reddit is always something about rip on there so i think it'll be a good one yeah yeah definitely and um i i didn't even know well reading some of the comments that you got from people they were saying oh yeah i said in like rip park farm or other words i don't know what they were yeah um, there's all loads of sections i didn't there's know like there was a, different sections yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's loads of them. I'll, I'll we'll go through all that next time, and you'll be like, "Holy shit!" There's actually loads of stuff, like loads of different stuff. Like I, I was surprised because I'd looked like ages ago, but when I look now, I'm like, "You can get a lot of different stuff." It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
so yeah we we're gonna wrap it up here um i'm just gonna go through a few of the things that uh where, where you can find samantha as well they, they said a little bit at the end of the interview but i've got their website up now um so i'll go through when you if you hear this on release day it would actually be the day after their first show of their new tour so they might be a little bit late for that one but i'll go through everything else they are doing in the near future um and it, yeah if, if you're near them definitely go and check them out like i said even if it's not your kind of music i, I do think knowing the behind the scenes of something sometimes helps you to appreciate stuff I, it's strange how that works like you, you can watch a watch a film and it's shit like definitely a three out of ten but if you know the behind the scenes you can understand it a bit more mm. you appreciate it and go ah that's actually definitely that's quite good so um yeah you, you probably will enjoy it um and yeah that the first show the day before this is meant to be released is the 12th of march in totten uh but they're playing the 8th of april in romsey 28th of may settle victoria hall i don't know what that is uh the 17th of june in yeovil the 22nd of july in verwood and the 3rd of december in pennystone a lot of those places I've never heard of but if you're near those places yeah definitely go and uh, check them out when they when they get to you and as for us you can find us on uh, all, all the social medias just just search dear download you'll find us quite easily if you want to get hold of us for any reason give us any ideas of where you want us to go with the show any episodes that you want to hear it wasn't included in this episode, but any stories for campsite fuckery, we're we're open to everything for for that. Um, that you can you can email us at deardownload2003 at gmail dot com. If you want to help us out, we've had a couple of people. We actually had uh, yeah, Billy and Jacobs share our page yesterday. I think it was, which was awesome. Thank you guys. Anybody else? We 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 don't really put too much out there that is shareable, but. Yeah, whatever you can do for us, share it. Tell your friends about us. Anything you can do is awesome. You know, like, like Simon said earlier, word of mouth is the best. And we need your mouth to give the word. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I agree. I agree. We need your mouth to give the word, people. Yeah. Say the words. Let the words, dear download, <laughs> roll off your tongue when you're talking to people. <laughs> I think that's it. Do we... um? Do we do, uh, there's nothing else is there I'm not actually using my script for this one today so that's it cool uh, so yeah thank you all for listening we hope you've enjoyed it we have been Dear Download so it's goodbye from Simon goodbye all and a goodbye from me goodbye <laughs>